0: podcast, back at it again. As always, I am Brent Young. And this is a beautiful, wonderful Monday, afternoon, evening, whatever time zone you're in. I'm sure you're taking it in stride. But this Monday, I'm joined yet again by my special colleague in crime, my, my partner per se, my watcher of football games in the press box, Aaron Smith. Aaron, how are we?
1: I'm doing all right, man. Uh, it was a gorgeous day. Nice weekend. Uh, snow, all of that stupid,
0: yeah. stupid stuff. But I woke uh, up Sunday morning. I was like, wait, no, Saturday morning. I was like, wait a minute. It snowed last night?
1: But today was was much nicer weather-wise. So cold. Yeah. Um, but Wednesday, it should be right back up into the 70s. So I may... Go to a driving range on Wednesday. So Wow,
0: golfing weather for Aaron Smith. Yep. I like that. I like that. What kind of a, are are you hot off the tee? Are you, you got a good approach? You like your putt game? Oh, I'm terrible. The what do you say?
1: I'm terrible. I haven't been uh, – I had – I wrecked my shoulder. I broke my collarbone a couple of years ago, and I haven't really been able to get back out there since. So oh. uh, it should be good to get out there and, and see, what, see what I got.
0: Slow and steady rehab will get you yep. back. That's good. That's good. Oh, and, and Chad, nice of you to join us, Chad. Roberto, how are we?
2: I'm good. I was. Uh, I had been waiting on a call, uh, getting getting some information about uh, uh, some 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 some, inf- some uh, sources in Michigan about uh, potential new hire at linebacker for the Bearcats. I uh, had to dig deep and, and hit one of my guys that I've known since I. Sh- I think I met him at an AAU event in like 2007. Okay, <laughs> uh, but he he's been in, uh, around the Michigan program for a long time, so uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But I, I didn't want to miss the call because I wanted to have the information for when we got to the topic. Right, right. Okay. And he just happened to hit me up at 7:55, uh, and we haven't talked in probably a year, so it was we were, we were chatting. <laughs>
0: you brought him on.
2: Oh, he probably would love to. Like he's he's one of those. <laughs> like he's he's one of those. Like he told me four years ago when when Sauce committed, like you're you're getting one. He actually just joked. He was like, "I told you you were getting one. I didn't know you were getting that one." You know, <laughs> <But> I, <laughs> I I knew you were getting a dude that could play. I didn't know you were you were getting something like that. Or else uh, Michigan and Michigan State probably wouldn't have uh, paid him no mind. But. Right. No, I. Uh, sorry for uh, for being a few moments late, but I'm here. I'm good. Life we're is back. good.
0: We're, we're I live. We're live.
2: Made some chicken wings tonight. In Those the were outstanding air
0: fryer. Uh,
2: so my smoker is uh, getting worked on right now. There's a problem with the auger, so instead of smoked then air fried, I baked at low heat mm-hmm. and then put in the fridge to let cool. Okay, is that also dries them out a little bit? Okay, and then air fry to finish to get them crispy. Okay, Fair. so good, good wing night, good wing night.
0: And and sauces on them? Just go no sauce? We going naked? Oh no, gonna- uh,
2: Carolina barbecue or Carolina Gold is always my wing sauce of choice.
0: That's a cousin likes a, too, right? I'm a yeah,
2: but it, it, she got it for me. I'm, I'm a okay. I'm a staunch Carolina Gold is the best. Wing sauce,
0: fair, fair. That's Carolina Gold. Look. Speaking of Carolina, maybe Desmond Ritter. Yeah, I just it, good, good, good connections there. And when, when you speak connections, you've already touched on Sauce Gardner. One thing that Sauce Gardner doesn't need is anything to be fixed, as we saw in the pro day. He skipped right past that. But if you do need something fixed, especially on your car, that's when you go to Danco Transmission. Danco Transmission, $10 off an oil change. You head in there. Go ahead and do do that, and oh, I saw a nice question i will come later. Danco Transmission, get your oil change, ten dollars off. BCJ, BBP, Chatty B, Aaron Smith with two A's. You know, you know mention any of those, you can get yourself a ten dollars off of an oil change your next time. Danco Transmission, welcome back. Well, gents, uh, kind of one of those weekends where, yes, last. Thursday, there was the, the 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 pro day here on campus. Then again, thank you, Jeffrey. I've got a lot of it. Then again, Chad, you re you rehash that on the BCJ pod. Then of course we've we had a couple of rumblings with the basketball team. Dave DeJulie is coming back. We're going to touch on that later in the pod as well, and that was mentioned on the recaps as well. And then of course, spring practice hit the midway point. Now you and Mick Walker kind of touched on that a little bit. We're going to dive into that a little bit further because, yeah,
2: with Mick we touched on like Saturday specifically. Right. So right. we've got we've got a lot to get to in terms of uh, turning the page to the second half of of spring football.
0: Exactly, exactly. I and and I'm, I'm I'll dive right in. It seems as if the the story of spring practice up to this point, of course, has been quarterbacks at the top. It's been adjustments on the defensive side of the football, bringing new names into the mix. And then outside of that, it's been kind of just, you know, who's, who's on the field at what time and how they perform. And with, with all these new names, they're going to be thrown into the ledger. But, Chad, if you had to break it down just through the, the first half of spring practice, what would you say is your number one takeaway? I'm going to break it down position by position here in a bit. But number one takeaway, if you had to kind of culminate it all, as far um, as your biggest look, your biggest storyline. I,
2: I think I think for me, the thing that's been most interesting is watching them tinker with the defense. Watching, you know, uh, Leroy Bowers being moved to the nickel. Uh, watching Jaheim Thomas being used not only as an outside linebacker, but as a rush end, you know, bringing moving Jaheim Thomas to the rush end in a four man front and putting Ivan Pace on the field. Like, there's just been a lot of, um, and, and who knows by the time we get to August, how much of it is it sticks, right? But because they've got new blood because they've got a, a new kind of uh, set of toys to use defensively. It has been, for me, a lot of fun to see, like, try to get in their mind. Okay, what are they thinking here? Okay, why are why are they looking at this? Okay, why are they thinking that? Um, I, I think that part of me has been the most fun. Uh, the storyline that everybody wants is the one that is the storyline – I think that now realistically dominates the second half of spring practice and that's quarterback. Right. Because I I think right now they're neck and neck. And I, I thought personally, my personal opinion was that Ben Bryant would use these first two plus weeks to establish himself, even if nobody would say it, Right. even if it was you know just wink wink nudge nudge I thought Ben with his experience would come in and and create some separation that Evan would have to close the gap right uh that happened the first three or four practices and then this week Evan has closed the gap and and we had a couple conversations um Saturday that, that lead towards, that is the reality of it. Like, it, it's not coach speak. It's not, you know, uh, catering to anyone's ego. It is, these two guys are about even. And mm-hmm. one of them hasn't pulled away yet. And now we get, you know, we get eight practices left to, to see him go toe-to-toe every day. I think that's awesome.
1: How big of a surprise do you think that is, though? I mean, when you bring in a guy like Ben Bryant, and we... Didn't quite know what we had in Evan Prater. Are you more su- surprised by the elevation of Evan Prater in his game, or are you yeah. more surprised by Ben Bryant not pulling away?
2: I mean, Ben has been who we know he is. Like, it, it, it's not that Ben has been bad. I think Ben's had Saturday was really the first, like, kind of nondescript practice that he had. Yeah. Um, so he's had six good practices one great practice, five good practices, and one kind of eh. So it's not like Ben has been less than we thought. It's that Evan has elevated to the challenge, and I think that's a that that for the program, unbelievable sign uh, for the future. That that that's how that is playing out. Um, There's not it, a lot
1: of people cast their doubts, I guess, as far as would Evan be able to step up to the plate with Des being gone because we haven't seen him.
2: Well, and because Ben had such a head start, Ben's got, you know, 12, 13 starts as a, as a college quarterback under his belt. Now, most of them are at Eastern Michigan and not here, but he has spent a season as a number one quarterback, which gave him what you would believe, at least in terms of their first, you know, the spring portion of their battle that Ben would have been ahead. Uh, And and Evan said, nah, man, like I... (laughs) I ain't giving up my spot. Like, you you, I, you know, I know you were a starter there. And in Ben's mind, he's coming back to be a starter. And Evan said, we got we got some competition. Like, you know, we, we're going to go. We're going to have some fun with this. And I think that's that's been the um, – seeing that evolve sets up a really fun second half of spring practice.
0: Yeah, for me, I as far as the quarterbacks go, I mean, we'll dive right into that. And then Aaron – I'll I'll let you think. We about We get to talk what, to him tomorrow, so I'm excited about that. There we go. That's big time. I, Aaron, I want you to think about what your number one storyline. Just reading the uh, you know all the different clippings yeah, so far cool. and having the discussions every night. Um, I'm gonna say my blurb on quarterbacks, but I want to hear what your top thought storyline is. And I think if the color of the water that you drink it might be a little bit of a uh, a giveaway to what it what it might be. <laughs> but uh, as far as that goes, I yeah I I think what it the quarterback was is you know you mentioned how strong Ben Bryant was in those first couple of days, you know, the first couple of practices. And maybe that was just the continuation of him finishing up all the games that he played, all the snaps that he played, and just rolling that into the beginning of a practice. And then once Evan was able to get some some momentum under himself and get some confidence to restore himself and see like, hey, yeah, I'm going to get all these snaps too, then that's when the true talent kind of pushed through for Evan. And you see why he is the, he's the number one rated recruit in program history. You see why he has all of this oozing talent just waiting to, to, to come alive. And you know a lot of the times, uh, you know, we heard you mention it, Chad. We heard Mick mention it. And in other places, they say, you know, Evan has the ability to, to drop balls in on all these throws that Ben kind of is able to make with ease. Evan adds that extra talent with his legs. He adds a little bit of extra playmaking ability on top of that as well. And I mean, if, if, if it's confidence that leads to Evan being able to continuously and, and consistently hit those throws, then I think confidence is what's starting to build through the first half of practice. And you can see if that next half of practice is where he kind of really just takes off. And I think, uh, I think that will be something to watch as far as spring goes, because of course this is just spring. And when that spring game comes along, man, I, I can't wait to see the battle between those two. Aaron, yep. let's hear your number one storyline Well, so far, so far, just for just the first half. I mean,
1: I know the you guys know how much I have a, a an adoration for one blue smith, hoping that he can get on the field, hoping that Jesus it pays. Well. <laughs> so he's yeah. had some good practices, though. Yeah, I think yeah. that's. I think it's a big deal to have the depth of the wide receiver room more than what we thought it was. And I think that he was kind of a – I don't want to say a cast-off, but, I mean, forgotten asset, I guess. Right. Hadn't, hadn't proved himself at this it point. He's been hurt. <laughs> He's been hurt every year. But his name keeps coming up. I, I know just, because you won't stop talking well, about but it. But you've – I'm not bringing it up. You're bringing it up because he had a good day. So uh, – there's been okay. multiple days where he's had good days. So, for me, that's been an important storyline.
0: Yeah. I, Yeah, and, and I mean, yeah. Yes, you, there's, that, me. there's that There's top three. That, no, but there's that top three as far as wide receivers go. But, I mean, Jaden hasn't had extended snaps. He he filled in for Alec when he was injured a couple of seasons ago. But, you know, he was kind of, I guess, a decoy. Just on, on an opposite side of the field, he didn't really have too many – games where he flashed and then of course last season he had a couple of good grabs had a couple of you know decent games three catches here you know a a couple of catches there uh but this is his first full-time really breaking out so you know as as much as we want to say one two three you know i I think tyler scott and and trey are the easiest one two Jaden obviously is that de facto three but everyone behind them can still push
2: He's going to have to battle with Nick Mardner. I, I think right. the thing yeah. for Blue that was that, that here's what impressed me about Blue in the couple of days that he's looked good. That was Drew Donnelly's spot. And Drew Donnelly got dinged up and missed a couple of days. Right. That's what happens in the spring, right? right? Like they're going to be ultra cautious with guys. They're going to make sure if you get a ding, you're going to take a couple of days off and not rush back. And then Blue had a chance in those couple days to get extra reps in place of Donnelly. And he took advantage of it. Now Donnelly's back. Who is a guy I absolutely think has a chance. He's not going to have a major role, but I think there's going to be a couple times this coming season where all of a sudden there's drew Donley for a big play. Like he's, he's got the size. He's got the speed runs. Good routes. Seems like a kid that's doing everything that they're asking from him. Um, but that's where I think I I give blue the most credit is that's when you have to take advantage is when that door cracks a little bit and you, Hey, you got two practices that this guy's going to be out. What do you got? And then you go out there and prove it. And then all of a sudden the coaches are like, all right, all right, well maybe we'll give you a little bit more burn, or maybe we won't reduce your burn and we'll figure out a way to get you and Drew Donnelly burn. Like, so that's, that's where I, that's where I would say, um, I, I was really impressed with Blue as he had kind of a a basis, an understanding of okay, I got a shot right here. Let's uh, let's make the best of it.
0: Fun fact: uh, Drew Donnelly is his father. Obviously, everyone knows White Lightning from Ohio State, uh, Doug Donnelly. and and I actually I'll, I'll be having lunch tomorrow, not with Doug Donnelly, but with a former high school classmate and college classmate of his. He's uh, he's retiring and works at adidas here in in indianapolis so uh and and every time we get together it's there's always at least a a five to ten minute pocket of of drew donnelly in cincinnati football talk even though he's a huge ohio state fan but so that'll be fun no i'm excited to see what drew donnelly can bring to the table as well um yeah i i guess my thought as far as wide receivers go is what have you seen chad um mainly because you've been at each practice out of those core three, out of those top three, that have kind of shown you that they are ready to take that next step? Because Tyler Scott took that step last year. Trey Tucker is, is clearly Trey Tucker. We know that. that, And we know Jaden Thompson is one of the highest ranked wide receiver recruits so far in program history. So what have you seen in these first couple of practices that shows you Trey Tucker is ready to become a national name and that, Tyler Scott's ready to fall on NFL radars and, and different things of that sort.
2: I mean, I think you're uh, expecting entirely too much from seven spring practices, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, they've it's been one, solid. Like it's,
0: it's, it's one tidbit here and there, the podcast, we got to talk. Yeah,
2: they, they've been solid. I, I don't know that, you know, there's been anything that's been like, you know, this guy is showing more than he's ever shown before. Like nothing
1: it, like it, a Shaman Mateer, then.
2: Right. Like, but but we didn't have any info on Shaman Mateer. So like right. next spring, right, uh, Shaman Mateer, we're going to be used to Shaman Mateer doing Shaman Mateer things. Like, you know, Tyler Scott's had a couple couple really nice deep balls. Um, and I think he's running really good routes from the field uh, position. Um, Trey has been, you know, kind of a sp- – and it's hard with – without, again, they don't – First and second team don't tackle in the spring. Right. Right? So it's just like touch or it's like, you know, thud where you get the initial, like you put your shoulder into somebody and then you back off because, you know, nobody's trying to get hurt. But didn't
0: Luke say that he's going to tackle a little bit more with the first and second team? A
2: little bit, but not like crazy. Now, he probably uh, was very – Excited at practice the other day, they threw a wheel route. Then we talked, Mick and I talked about this. They threw a wheel route to Miles Montgomery, Mm -hmm. and Montgomery caught it about 15 yards from the end zone and was cruising into the end zone. He got to the two yard line, and Amarion Smith hit him like a ton of bricks, where everybody in the practice facility was like, Whoa. Oh, there, fella. Um, So there, there's been a little bit, like, a little bit of going live, but not not a ton. Tra- I mean, they've all been good. Right. Um, But I, there hasn't been any, like, okay, this day, this guy just, like, took over the practice. Right. Like, that, we haven't seen much of that. And a lot of that is just the way that they're working reps right now and trying to get a look at as much as they can get a look at. I, I thought Chris Scott has been very good at mm-hmm. times that that's a kid. I, I think he can help like a bigger, cause that's what they're, they, you know, a bigger possession type route running move the, the sticks type uh, field receiver. Right. Uh, he gives a little bit, something different. Um, but man, that, it, it's a, it's a loaded room. And they got a lot of dudes that, that can, can get things done outside. So uh, that part's fun. You want know, to get fun. some of these questions, yeah what so we you can got. get them out of here. Uh, nickel, dime, quarter is it, it, a lot of it is in
0: five, six, uh, seven.
2: What your base formation is on the field? Um, so, like Cincinnati runs a three-three-five. That is essentially nickel a nickel because you have a nickel back on the field. What a nickel means is a fifth corner, a defensive dime, back. D- defensive back, yeah. Uh, dime means you have six defensive backs. Quarter, seven. Dollar That's, quarters
0: quarters pretty much quarter and dollar are just against like a hail mary,
2: like a yeah. Well, prevent dollar dollar is not a defense. Dollar is a position. Well, quarter yeah, quarter. quarter quarter defense is it's actually not seven defensive backs. It's it's quarter is more of a coverage where you have four guys that each right. get. They're playing as it's a zone coverage, like
0: five cornerbacks and two safeties. Pretty much. Yeah.
2: No, it, it's more of like a, we have four defensive backs and each of them gets right. a quarter of the field. Yeah. um, But dollar is a position for UC at least it's that hybrid safety. They call it dollar because it, it can be whatever. Right, like wild card. Is is it a defensive back? Is it a safety? You know, is is it a corner? Is it you know? It's it's a lot of different things. So that's you can you can do a lot with a dollar. So you can, except um, for shop
0: at Dollar General. That's can't really do that.
2: Could Deshaun Pace play in a similar role as Bowers in the fall with him and Van Fossen on the field together in a package? I I, like look. They got what a hundred and. 60 tackles out of pace and Van Fossen last year. Uh, I think they are very happy with how that rotation has uh, been used. Now we don't know if they've got any tricks up their sleeve with Deshaun pace. Cause he's been out. Uh, he, he tore his MCL the week of the cotton bowl still played in the cotton bowl. That's uh, insane. And so he's been out this spring. Maybe we'll see them toy around with it a little in the, in the fall. But from what I've heard, they really like the ability to rotate pace and Van Fossen, keep them both fresh and allow them when they're on the field to just fly around and go after the ball. Uh, Yeah. If you, if you, if you're a member of Bearcat journal, uh, Timothy, you will know I am a very big Dominique Perry guy. I, I think he is going to be one of those guys that wasn't, Very highly recruited, but I've liked him and watching him since he got here. And I think there's going to be a point, you know, how all of a sudden we were like, damn, Curtis Brooks and Marcus Brown are pretty good. I I think you're going to see that with Dom Perry uh, starting this season. I think he's going to be pretty much the backup to Jawan Briggs, uh, and you'll see him make some plays.
1: I think it's great that you were so far out ahead on that name in particular. Some guys you can just, you just can tell that they like, especially
2: like defensive tackle is the easiest for me to have the linemen to like break down because either they have the short area quickness or they don't. Right. Right. So either they're instantly just in an offensive lineman locks them up, or you see some of those guys that are able to to wiggle and, you know, figure out in short spaces, how to get free. I thought Don Perry had that, you know, pretty pretty quickly right when he got on campus. So that was a guy that it's like, okay, if this guy develops, if this guy has the work ethic and continues, you know, doing things the right way, he's gonna
0: be a guy that gets a chance. Um, so well, there was yeah, also a log jam ahead of him when he when he got on campus, just like all the other defensive well, yeah.
2: linemen. Yeah, but you can still like when they get their reps, if you if you get a chance to get eyes on him, you can yeah. kind of Right. Figure out like what did we talk about in the bowl season? Ooh, ooh, Leroy Bowers is
0: yeah,
2: right. They're, they're gonna have to figure out a way to get Leroy Bowers on the field next year. Because mm-hmm. we were actually getting to see the threes play and how much of an impact his his effort and energy right. uh made. And then we come into spring, and guess what? Well, well, trying to find well, a out. way to get him on the field. Um th- those things that's the fun part about being a practice is kind of figuring out. Who's, you know, I was, I was all over Tyler Scott. Remember? Mm-hmm. That's another one that I'd like after his freshman year, I'm like, I know this kid caught a couple balls, but he's going to be a major part of the offense as a sophomore. And then first play of the season, he goes bomb 80 yards. And I'm like, what's up? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the kicker started kicking yet. Yes. Uh, Ryan Coe has a monster of a leg. Just an absolute cannon. Now, if you haven't been there, Aaron, did you get to see Coe kicking any?
1: He hadn't started kicking yet, no.
2: Okay. Carry um, Combs stands maybe a foot from where the ball is going to be kicked and just heckles the shit out of him. every, Like leading into every kick. Where you, go, you gonna get this one you gonna get, don't leave it short don't leave it short come on now son like <laughs> you right in this piece uh he was really good the first i think the first 15 kicks which were um like in a in a special teams period where they're just doing field goal unit and then you go you start from 25 and then go back to 30 and then 35 and then 40. Um, I think he missed two out of the 15. <clears throat> and uh then Saturday they went live at the end of a couple drives. And he was he, he didn't he did the one he missed or the one he made, they blew dead for a penalty, so it didn't count. And then he was wide right on the other three that were all they were all 47 to 52 yards, like they were they were not short kicks, but they were, you know, halfway up the bubble, three quarters of the way up the bubble. So the leg wasn't the problem Uh, for whatever reason, he was just pulling a little bit right uh, on Saturday. But other than that, he's been really good.
0: Uh, uh, Let's go with running backs now, obviously uh, with no contact, it's been kind of hard to judge them, but no Ryan Montgomery so far. Is the emergence of, Miles Montgomery and Stephen Bird most recently you mentioned him is that do you think it's more of a open staffs available not truly going full go at this point or do you think it's it's real that both of them will have maybe not a role initially but as time goes on you see a bit of a Michael Warren one with Jared Dokes kind of like what it was a few seasons ago or do you think it's kind of the Ethan Wright Ryan Montgomery, Chuck McClellan, and these two guys are the future. Um,
2: I, I definitely think Miles Montgomery has a chance to to be a factor. Um sorry. Uh, the, the thing the thing with Miles is and I've talked about this some, I just think in terms of like a complete back you know at we, Aaron we talked about this on last night didn't we
1: it was yeah i think it was last night
2: um in terms of being able to run run with power mm-hmm. have some some burst right be able to pass block be able to to get out in space and and catch the ball i think miles montgomery has the most complete package of the guys that they have right um so i think there's a place for him on the field like this fall Um, it, it, you know, we don't know yet with, with Ryan because he's been, he's been restricted. Yeah. Um, Ethan has looked pretty good. Uh, Charles McClellan has had a really good spring. Like I, I think we tend to forget about Chuck, but Chuck's had a couple of those, like get outside and turn on the jets where next thing, you know, he's still running 40 yards down the field. Uh, I wouldn't sleep on Chuck. Potentially right. being the the guy that starts the season as the number one back. Um, it, it's a very interesting room, and I, I still didn't rule out. I don't I'm not gonna rule out after spring ball is over, see where the portal is at and see if you can go get you uh a number one type guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But in looking at this roster, like I, I think I really think that that Miles Montgomery is like he's got next. I don't know when that is. Cause there's a lot of traffic in front of them. Right. But I think the next big time back in Cincinnati is going to be miles Montgomery. That's, I, that's just my opinion.
0: It's just crazy thinking about, you know, you go from Mike Warren, Jared dokes drone Ford. those are three NFL caliber running backs back to back to back. Now it's just, you know, but I, I mean, Chuck was with all of them. He was able to kind of feel and, and see the look of what it, what it takes to get that level. I think we're going to miss Jerome's home run hitting ability a lot more than we think. And if Chuck can bring that, then that's uh that is all more the merrier. So yeah, I'm excited to see kind of who tries to separate themselves and how quickly Ethan Wright moves to safety. Uh, those are my two, two big storylines. Here's the
2: thing I'll give Ethan credit for. Luke has been talking about moving him to safety for like three years now. And he's been good enough at running back that they right. haven't been able to do it yet. And trust me, like they're, they, they've only got one guy that's got any real reps or experience at safety. Right, they could use another safety, and they haven't moved him.
0: Nope. no. Nope. I just think it's hilarious every time Luke brings that up. But um, he brought but, it up again this week. Yeah, like, I,
2: uh, no. we don't know. We don't even know if if, if Ryan's gonna gonna be or uh, if Ethan's gonna be at safety tomorrow. Much less if he's gonna be our starting <laughs> running back at the beginning of the season. <laughs> exactly. Under- um,
0: Wide receiver, we already touched on? I'm excited to see Martiner. my, my first time getting there. I, I just want to see kind of, obviously we know size, just height, what he brings on that side. I, I just want to see if he really looks the part, because what he has two years here, possibly a third with COVID edition, or is it, I, I don't know how the years break down there, but I'm just excited to see what he brings outside of just the general size. Um, Next, I want to talk tight ends real fast. We we touched all on Shaman Mateo. I'm not even going to mention him. We've already said his name enough. I want to know if Letty T, if your perception, and I know it's just the beginning of spring practice, but does does he look like he's made that additional step, Aaron? I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you on this one. That lines him up to be in line to get the eye and the attention of NFL teams with us with a solid final year here with the Bearcats
1: for Lenny T. I think the thing that plays most in his favor outside of his size and the fact that he's not afraid to run over anybody mm-hmm. is simply the fact that he has so much time now with both Ben Bryant and Evan Prater, right. that I think that's only going to play into his hand. I think that the blocking has never been an issue for Lenny. Um, It was a matter of how well do you catch the ball, and I think he proved that last year. That all said, I think he's going to get some eyes as far as that goes. I think that especially when people are in town to check out Josh Wiley, you're going to have no other choice than to also check out Lenny T. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a a matter of getting the eyes from the NFL personnel. Uh, I think it's just going to be a matter of – how how easy is it going to be to spread the ball out between the receiving core that you have, the tight ends that you have, and whenever you're, you know, making those check downs to your running back?
0: Throw up that that Notre Dame game and and play that one touchdown highlight against ECU, and I think uh, you've got a you've got an NFL player on your hands, Chad. I, the thing with Lenny, though, it, it, he's been great in practice for a while
2: now. Like remember right. we had him as. I had him as my offensive MVP. Did you see that, Aaron?
1: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Holy shit.
2: What? Check your messages. Uh, I I had him as my offensive MVP coming out of camp. uh, Mm -hmm. Going into the season last year. So, like, we've seen him do this in practice a lot. Now we need to see – and we've seen it in games. That's not to say we haven't seen it in games. Mm -hmm. But that's to say, like – he has the tools and he's ready to make that jump that you're talking about, Brent. Like we, we've seen it. We know it. Yeah. Um, We just need to, to see it translate into, you know, Saturdays. what do you think of that
0: text? Yeah. Well, I mean, I just, I'm here to say that that catch that Lenny T had was considered one of Ritter's <laughs> best throws yeah. in, in, in his entire career. And, and sure, I you know, PFF doesn't grade on if the pass is completed or not. It might get a bonus point or something. I think it's more about positioning and, and things of that sort. But, I, I mean, Lenny T comes down with that catch. I mean, you look at that ECU catch and run, and that is that is as Travis Kelsey-esque as you can get, as I say on the, the Bearcat conversation. I, you know, it's just I think he's got it. Um, I think, like you said, it's just more getting the ball in the tight end stands more um seeing seeing if there's ways to have you know obviously Josh and Lenny on the on the field at the same time and it only aids to that ways for sure get both of them yes I
2: I know there's a lot of feeling that they probably didn't run enough 12 personnel
0: last year
2: that they they should have run more 12 but then it gets difficult who do you who do you take off the field do you take Trey Tucker off do you take the you know a running back off and go five wide Mm -hmm. um it's it's a, it, it presents you with an interesting challenge. Let's just say. And,
1: I mean, it's it, the it, same. It's the same as like the defense, though, where you have so many pieces. It's a matter of just figuring out right what you're sure. going to do with these pieces. So I, I think it's a fantastic
0: problem to have, as opposed to you know some years back where you didn't even have this problem. It was right. Well, and and Aaron, also to your point, you look back when when Dez had Josiah Taguaro, and when, when Dez was kind of in that scout team role. You know, as as a redshirt freshman, I, I'm sure he was thrown to a plethora of different receivers. But you look at Evan Prater, who some of his main targets, and even Ben Bryant, some of his main targets during those those years when, when Dez was the starting quarterback, probably you were getting a lot of Lenny T. looks on that scout team with, you know, Bruno and, and Wiley sure, yeah. ahead of you. So, you know, you're building up that bond and that camaraderie, and you just carry that on to now, and where now you have a security blanket like Josiah DeGuar was able to have his monster season as a security blanket for death So right. should, should be exciting. Um, offensive line didn't really have much. I want to know if, if Tunstall kind of taken that next step. Uh, he obviously, you know, unseated or, you know, took, took the role and had John Williams be that that swing tackle, but it looked like he always had just that one more step that he could take. Um, I guess if he's on the path to that, then that's great. And then of course, backup depth at, at center. And, and if Gavin Gerhardt's getting every single snap at center, I can imagine just more reps leads to more practice leads to yeah. uh, I mean being developed. Uh,
2: let's say this. I haven't noticed James Tunstall much yet through the first seven practices. And if you're an offensive lineman, that's a good thing. It means mm-hmm. you're doing your job. means you're not getting beat. Like if there's been a, a – uh area that the offensive line has given up some ground it's been at center and, and right guard and that's where uh you know your your uh subs are if you will with Gavin Gerhardt in for uh Jake Rinfro, and then Joe Huber in for uh Lorenz Metz so and and they're also blocking uh Juwan Briggs from from that spot so sometimes you're, you're going to get whipped. <laughs> sometimes that's just what's going to happen. Um, big but play. no, Tunst, Tunstall's been been good, um, like I said. But the question is how much of that is what we're going to be afraid of going into this year that Cincinnati does not have really an edge pass rusher on this team, right? Because even though Maje didn't have counting stats, Maje put so much pressure on the offensive line, that it opened it up for Curtis Brooks to have a great year that it, that it opened it up for Malik Van when, when he was healthy to be very productive. Um, So, and, and, and even Briggs, when Briggs stepped in for Van, he had a couple really good games. So I think that's more of a concern than, than how his Tunstall looked. Uh, But from, from everything I've seen, like I'm not writing down Tunstall got beat in team drills, which, you know,
1: Hey Brent, ask him who the biggest surprise on the offensive line has been though.
0: I already know the answer, but Chad, who's been your biggest surprise so far on the offensive line? Is is it possibly someone who might have had an opportunity given to him with a little bit of an, an ailment or, you know, an injury and and they're taking advantage? Chad, who who's a surprise?
2: I, I mean, I don't know. Where are you guys trying to take me with this? I feel like I'm being set up here.
0: No. no you're not you just the,
1: we, we talked about him earlier on the nightcap a couple days ago, Friday, maybe.
2: What John Williams? No, no. Right
1: oh, who
2: the walk on Joe Huber? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been solid, like, he, he, he's he surprised me that he's been able to hold off like a uh, and Tinsley. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the transfer that's coming in working with the second team, uh, but. He's he's one of those, you know. I think you describe like a glass eater, right? Like that's the common phrase in Cincinnati now. It is. Sometimes it, just, it
0: tastes good. Yeah, glass. like
2: a, a tough guy, uh, right. physical. Um, I mean, he's been he's been solid. Uh, I do think, like I said, I think there's some times that that you've seen either Jabari Taylor or um, uh, Juwan Briggs get the best of him, but that's not. Shocking, right? Those guys we both expect to have You're really good years. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know he's been he's been pretty good so far for considering his status as a walk on, running pretty much all seven practices with the ones. That's yeah. good.
0: Can can we confirm that Lawrence Mets has two hands? Does he have two hands, or is it? Uh, I, club? Have,
2: I have I have seen his other hand. So yeah, okay. he does once again have two hands. He does he not. He is not converted to the club, uh, okay. which is good. Um, that's makes the skyline Mets. a little bit easier, yeah. Can,
0: can confirm that first team all conference guard Lorenz Metz does have two hands, he will be having two hands this upcoming season. Aaron, you can tweet that out. You know, that's a, that's the breaking news. Confirm right Lorenz Metz, two hands, <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> I can't confirm, but uh, yeah. I mean, aside from that, I think obviously with spring practice, another thing is. Offensive line, you know, until they're really going at it, you, you can't dig out and find too much. And and I think I, it'll be a growing thing. But it's good to know that every single starter's back from last season. So whenever you have that going for you, it's a yeah. it's a big plus. Um, and it is nice in spring, like right.
2: You, you get a chance to get a look at some other guys. Now you never want like you obviously want Renfro, uh, and and Mets out there as much as possible. But those are two veterans that have taken a lot of snaps, like. Mm-hmm. they're going to be okay when you plug them back in. Um, so I, I do think it's a good chance to to get a good look and, and see what some of your depth, especially when you're working in a new offensive line coach. It's kind of been moving guys around. Like I mentioned the other Saturday, we saw John Williamson get a little bit of a look at left guard. Um, and with the second and third team, we've seen Luke Collinsworth uh, slot in at tackle and get a, a couple reps at guard to see maybe – Uh, If he fits there, what what I'm figuring out is I I would guess if you asked Mike Cummings, uh, he thinks he's got a lot of guards. Like, I I don't know if he's he's confident in like how many tackles he has, but I think he thinks like I got a lot of options at guard, which is, again, why I've talked about with the 2023 class uh, recruiting. I think it's going to be especially with Evan Tengistall already locked up inside.
0: Mm -hmm. I
2: think there's going to be a heavy focus on tackles.
0: Uh, In that class, I mean, you even see that uh, Dylan O'Quinn, who is considered an anchor of the offensive line, was moved from guard out to tackle. You know, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see as as you mentioned as the new culture or the new change of of of, uh, the way that they roll the offensive line out there continues to take a role. So, uh, moving on quickly, uh, defensive line uh, transition from Greg Scruggs to Walter Stewart. Kind of wanted to dive on that, Malik. Van is obviously back and healthy. We've mentioned the depth that is there, but uh the pass rusher has kind of been missing. You already alluded to this a little bit with the uh Jaheim Thomas project, which is Luke Fickle's own project, as you've also referenced. So um kind of Walt Stewart, uh him taking over the Greg Scruggs role and you know, obviously back in, in his haven land. Seems like following the Wired Wednesday, he's taking full advantage of it. Yeah. I mean, Walt's awesome. Like, if you
2: know, Walt, you know, he's going to do awesome in this role. Like he's personable. He's, he's outgoing. Um, It's super awesome, dude. So yeah, like he's made for this. And I think so far he's, he's taken to it really well Uh, from talking to some of the guys, they all seem very happy with, uh, with what he has been providing them to this point uh, as a, as a D line coach he's had success everywhere he's been uh, with with guys getting better uh, so yeah I'm super happy to uh, to have Walt uh, around and uh, he's he looks like he's adjusting and and becoming more and more natural at working with these guys every
0: day and then of course uh, you know we've kind of mentioned already the depth on the defensive line. You think the Jaheim Thomas thing is is what's going to kind of be that pass rush that's been missing, or do you see the possibility of someone rising up and assuming that role as, you know, the offseason progresses? Haven't seen it yet. Right.
2: That That's, I mean, I, I've, I've seen Rob Jackson start to flash a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had my eye on Jamal Williams because I think he's kind of that long, twitchy – yeah. Outside guy, but I haven't seen in his reps and he's been rapping mostly with the 3s. Right. Um I haven't seen that make anything that makes me like you know, instantly grab the pen and yeah. get to the notebook. Uh, I don't think he's been bad. I just don't I haven't seen anything that's kind of like, "Oh, okay. Okay. Okay." Got the I My see J you J son. Though. Yeah. He <laughs> does. He does. But Majay was instant, man. MyJ's yeah, right, motor. Yeah, right. it, he was like 210 pounds, and you were still like who the hell is that?
0: Right, exactly. I, I course, haven't seen that the build's there, yet. But yeah, you know, maybe that's the part that needs to progress. Um, quickly linebacker. Uh once once about Pace what we does,
2: expected.
0: Yeah, yeah, but but once Pace comes back, you think it's just rolling him back with Ty Van Boston, as we've seen before?
2: Yep.
0: Or uh and then of course Will Huber, coach mentioned it in the most recent uh presser, just kind of about how he's adapting to a new role as well. Is that just kind of taking over for DeBlanco at that at that middle position, or what has been? Yeah, I mean kinda...
2: Huber Huber's been really good. Yeah, um, uh, Jahim is when he's been at that linebacker spot, I think he's been really active. I think when he's moved down to that pass rusher spot, he's still adjusting. Yeah, uh, because remember that's not something like he's been getting coached at
1: mm-hmm.
2: for two years. He's been being coached to play either middle or outside linebacker, um, but he he's he's going to be really good uh, as he gets snaps. Um, But I I just think they're happy with, like, if you go, what was, what could you say was a flaw with the way that they used Pace and Van Fossen last year when you look at how productive the two of them, like imagine if that was one play, like could one, I don't think you could get that out of one player because (laughs) you're not going to be having somebody that fresh, but, but they only played one position. Yep. Between the two of them. I don't Mm -hmm. think there was ever a time when they were both on the field. I I just think they're happy with like, we know what we have. And that's a position that involves a lot of stamina, right? Because you're in coverage Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: you're moving around a lot and you're, you're dropping and you're rushing and uh, you know, you're being asked to do a lot of things. I think that is a spot ideally that you have two guys. Um,
0: And 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 having someone fresh at that position on top of, the amount of attention that this staff gives to special teams as well. Sure. Those two are special team aces. So, you know, just, just having the ability to constantly have one of them being fresh and ready to come off the bench whenever needed is obviously a huge, huge. Plus. Absolutely. Like I, um, I just
2: think it works.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that now brings us to James Ross, the third, you uh, tweeted about this and the, Thoughts are they they're zeroing in on him as the what is the, the position that Walt leaves behind now yeah. that he moved down outside defensive line. Yep. So he was a linebacker at Michigan, which kind of makes you say, What? Hold up, what? But he yeah, was he must, then,
2: he, must <laughs> he must be off the charts. Like his right, his, right. his interview skills have to be off the charts.
0: Man, if it's he's, he's 27, Brent. Yeah, yeah. It, well, in it, He's he was a senior on Harbaugh's first team. Right. Well, but he's got years under of coaching yeah. under him already at Michigan and then he went to Hope College, but now it's just kind of a uh it's it seems as if it was probably maybe another player that Trestle might have recruited at Michigan State back then. Maybe I
2: haven't dug in yet. Uh, this right. is all very new. Right. I haven't dug in yet on what the connection was, but that's that's an outstanding point, Brent Young. That so, he could have been so then, recruited by Trestle at Michigan State.
0: And, and I imagine even recruited by Luke at Ohio State as well. So, um, and then on top of that. Good job, Brent. You, you tie in the fact that he's I'm got. I'm proud of you. He's got I'm deep proud connections you. in the high school ranks in Michigan. And where has been kind of a a key target statewide that this staff has really been going after recently. And that's the state of Michigan. Um, so, I mean I think he checks a lot of boxes of things that you want to bring in. Um he won he won uh, what? He won the Division 3 state title as a junior at Orchard St. Mary's in Michigan. Um mm-hmm. he was he was part of the US Army All-American game. He was a D- Detroit News Blue Chip list, All-State Detroit Free Press Dream Team. I mean he is a uh, he's he's a quote-unquote Michigan guy. Through and through coming down to Ohio, look at all the names that Michigan, you know, a lot of names recruit wise, the Bearcats are all over out of Detroit, out of the greater Michigan area. So, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, Chad, you, did you get a little bit more on him as far as coaching tactics or anything from your buddy before? Uh, from from just
2: uh just it, it was kind of quick, but in general, just a, a great guy. Like from mm-hmm. from what I was told, a great guy, great work ethic, um, loves football, like it, yeah. everything you would expect from one of the like you know he, he fits the exact same profile as Darren Page and and yeah. and Mike Brown and and while young like Mike Cummings that energy mm-hmm. like Nate Nate Letton the 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 things yeah. that he's about are the right things. And, yeah. and that's what Luke is looking for. Um, this one's an interesting one to me because it's, it's essentially a free spot. Right. Right. Because right. Mike Tressel is an outstanding linebacker coach. Now that's right. not to say he's not going to do anything because he's, he's going to coach the outside linebackers.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But if he can recruit Michigan, if this is a guy that resonates in Michigan mm-hmm. and Cincinnati's already got juice, in Michigan right now with sauce like they could really turn the heat up in the state of Michigan. And I I think that you strike while the iron's hot, right? You, you go where the winds take you and the winds right now are saying we're going to recruit Ohio, but we got a little, a little window here in Michigan where we can make an impact on our roster with some of the best guys from that state as well as some of the best guys. Cause when you look at the Michigan guys they're going after, they're not going after guys that are like the 30th ranked guy in Michigan. Right. They're going after top 15, top 20 guys in a state that produces, you know, a good deal of talent. So exactly, um, everything that uh, all of the information that I've gotten today, uh, as I've been tracking this one down has been very, very positive
0: good.
2: on him. So um, hopefully get to talk to him here at some point in time soon, but I know how this works, right? right. Like it, it takes a couple weeks to go through the right. but I'm guessing we might not hear something official on him until after spring football is over. Right. Uh which would mean we probably wouldn't get him on camera until some other sometime down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, 27,
0: 27?
2: Yeah. To get a to get a full time on field position spot mm-hmm. is significant significant
0: and I oh, mean, was how good. old was, was Scruggs was he he was late 20s early 30s
2: yeah but then he came in for two two years as the right. player personnel guy
0: right yeah exactly going in for a, for a position yeah true no I agree
2: so I mean if it's it, impressive. that's impressive man
0: mm-hmm. if you're
1: looking for a guy to relate to kids as they're recruiting though I mean yeah that's exactly what you need I mean exactly you, you can't put a price on that age and being able mm-hmm. to relate to kids
2: I think he, he his last year at Michigan was 2015.
0: Like yeah.
2: <laughs> that was not long ago,
0: right? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he and, and if he's ball signs point to that, I think that's a uh, it's a fantastic job. So uh, obviously, we'll move on quickly to to the defense backfield. Um, my main thought, as far as quarterback goes, is the fact that Arquan Bush wants to be a star. Uh, you watched the coverage of the Pro Day. I sadly wasn't able to go. Day job truly has way too many restrictions. But um, <laughs> Arquan, it, it, when the NFL Network and Steve Smith was was interviewing Sauce Gardner, I saw Arquan walk behind and, and just give it a long look. You know? Yeah. And when I see that, that's someone who knows what has happened in front of him, who knows what it takes to get – to that next level and showcase what you can do. And I think he's as locked in as you can possibly be. Uh, you guys mentioned the whole you know, Todd Bumpus versus Sammy Anderson situation. And, you know, you mentioned the steadiness of Todd Bumpus and the playmaking skills of Sammy Anderson. I kind of think a little bit about sauce and Kobe factor sauce is extremely, you know, steady, but he had that playmaking side to him, you know, and, but he was also elite elite but I think that's kind of age to what Sam Anderson brings. And then Todd Bumpus, you know, you look at Kobe Bryant, he's about as steady as you can get on that other side. And I think you see kind of the same thing in the Todd Bumpus, as far as what I've been able to gather from you guys. So um, I think my biggest question in the defensive backfield just is that other safety position, because I don't think it has, it, it's gotten talk, but no one has really owned it. Um, and it seems as if, you know, Dangle is is the one who's kind of in this in the first team role, but still it's it's like you know, it's it's not solidified or anything of that sort. I think as the rest of spring practice continues, I think obviously cornerbacks is gonna get a lot of the eye, but I think safety is a position that not really has been taken for granted. But when you have just just a a flush of NFL talent go through. And now you've got to kind of find who's next. I think it's going to be just as important as finding who those quarterbacks are.
2: Think about it like this. For the past three-plus years, there have essentially been – because I think Javon Hicks is going to play in the NFL. I
0: think
2: he's going to have a really good senior year, and he's going to play in the NFL. If you go back to the start of, you know, Wiggins and Forrest and then Wiggins gets hurt, so Forrest and Hicks and then Wiggins and Forrest again and then Cook and Hicks and now Hicks is back. Like, we're talking four years of two NFL safeties, Yep. which is insane. Right, like that's that doesn't happen at Cincinnati. It's a like luxury you, you don't you don't get that.
0: Right.
2: It, it, when's the last? Who Haruki was the last NFL safety, really?
0: What I mean, Zach Edwards. Um,
2: I didn't play in the NFL. Uh, who
0: who who is it that keeps on bouncing around in the NFL? Uh, Seahawks and
2: that was corner. You're thinking of. Um, Damn it. I know you're thinking of, but that was corner. Yeah. That wasn't a safety.
0: Yeah. I Seahawks mean, and Saints. And, uh, yeah. I think that'd be the, the number uh, what, one. Uh,
2: Underwood got a little bit of run in the NFL. Right. It, it, it's just not a position that they've had a lot of, of high end mm-hmm. talent. And now you're talking a, you know, a, a four year run of holy crap, they're good at safety. Yeah. Um, I, I think right now it's Dingo's job to lose. I think threats is a threat to take that position. How could I not? How could Aaron? Don't give me that. You'd have made that stupid joke ten times out of ten.
1: Are you talking Are about Lyndon Stevens?
2: Yeah, Lyndon Stevens. Yeah, that's who it was. He was a corner. Correct. Um, Lyndon, not Landon, Andy, but close. Um, it, it, that part is going to be interesting, but we haven't seen. Haven't seen any movement there yet. It is right. It, they've given threats some time with the ones, but for the most part, Dingle has been with the ones, right? Uh, we'll see like as he, things heat up, if if threats can can overtake him.
0: Mike, Tyson, Mike Tyson was drafted,
2: he was drafted, but yeah. did he play any in the Sixth NFL? Round, um, good one, Pat. Good good contribution to the chat, Pat.
0: Great, great first team all name for the history forever. Uh I love, Seattle, I love
2: good contribution to the chat.
0: Seattle Seahawks, Houston Texans, Green Bay Packers.
2: Did he put pa- up stacks?
0: Packers, he was an, he was a practice. Squad. He was a special teams guy mostly. And then right. the Toronto Argonauts this last right. year. Uh, he's got five career NFL tackles. Okay. So he played. Yeah. Th-
2: that makes him an NFL
0: safety. Absolutely. He, uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, good friend made some money. Good friend, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, is it? I think that with the raise in talent and recruiting wise, I think you're going to have more opportunities for the safety position to continue to to breed these NFL caliber players. But it's it, who's going to step up and take ownership of that position is going to be. As important as any other question, because if you don't have a backfield defensively, then all of these runs where we just don't even think about where they get past the defensive line and past the linebackers, and then Dare Force is there to, to tackle them, or Brian Cook is there to make sure that they don't get any more yardage. Mm-hmm. You need someone that's going to be able to do that. So I'm excited to see as that continues to wear on throughout the entire offseason. Um, Lastly, uh, just you know, the we we've already talked about Ryan Coe a little bit, but this brings us up to the quality control. Can we mention this one, Chad? Or um, it, it's just the name I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: I, I don't have it confirmed yet. Ricky Brown. Uh, I, I guess he went to Elder, played at Boston College, uh, has been at Boston College, Ohio State. I think he was a quality control for USC. Um, has, has you know been kind of moving his way up the ranks. Uh, I think the thing that's interesting to me, if they bring him in, his forte seems to be special teams. Yeah, like if you look at his bio, he was a special teams coach at Boston College, and Boston College had really good special teams when he was there,
1: assuming um, him and Combs were there together at Ohio State yeah, for one yeah. year. Yeah,
0: one year,
2: yeah, but that, that could easily have been being like look this guy's got a great yeah he's a real great dude. mind for special teams right like let's get him in here in whatever role we can and you're you're starting to see these quality control guys look like what the quality control positions look like at power schools right mm-hmm. like guys with experience not just guys on the come up guys that have actually They've been coordinators Power somewhere. Five schools, right? Yeah, they've been coordinators somewhere. They've worked in quality control at Power 5 schools and they're coming here to work in a similar job. Like yep. those quality control guys. How do I say this? Because I don't want to, I don't want to like be n- negative towards anybody. That job was kind of, I don't want to say an afterthought, but it was like, secondary right like it was we need to have these spots filled right but it wasn't like we're filling them with uh a different talent pool i guess does that make sense am i am i
0: yes i i mean when when you have more money related also you start
2: hiring from a different talent pool
1: Right, that that part makes sense. But
0: you can also relate it to like recruiting, like you know these these guys that you would have maybe surefire been like, yeah, we'll take you, who want to come to Cincinnati now. Well, you don't have as many spots, you don't have as many you know availabilities to take all these guys who maybe ten years ago, five years ago, you would say yes, we'll take you. We, we would love to have you join the team. But now it's you got to be a little bit more selective in, because there's a lot more people that are wide open to the ability to come in and help out. So I agree. Um, but, yeah, he seems like a Combs guy. He seems like he's going to be someone who has a lot, a lot of pedigree, running some very good special teams, especially at Boston College. If you read his bio on th- that I think Dave put on the board, um it says a lot of good things about old Ricky Brown. Yeah. Uh, right. Anything else football-wise, guys? I think tomorrow you're back at practice. Yeah, I mean, how
2: about that? You, like, you were worried, like, what are we going to have to talk about? And it nine fifteen.
0: <laughs> Never worried. Never worried. All you were, well, you stuff. were not
2: worried. You were like, you were, you were making sure that we had enough content. And, and Aaron was like, we might get done early tonight.
0: <laughs> womp, womp. We, we <laughs> might, because the... Uh, the mailbag. No, nah,
2: right? well, the mailbag's a little light, yeah, and but a lot of the answers are the same.
0: I think it's time for uh, a special timestamp, y'all. Oh, I got to pull that up. Crap. Did we, we do it? Would...
1: Well, in the meantime, I do want to say I got my special package in. Did you get your special package? I His is on. Pack. Brent's is on the way. Oh, oh,
0: is it? Yeah. I'm oh, it really? Is? Yeah. Is it... Wait, really? Oh, you I... got it. Urban Artifact, the gadget. Yep. No, but I mean, you did you get your package? Yeah, I did. Um, okay, that and... was quick. Holy crap! Yeah.
1: Thirty-two well... beverages to enjoy, thanks to Urban Artifact.
2: Yes, amen.
1: All right, um, Spring means
2: two cheers. things, guys. Basketball and warmer weather. Enjoy both with some fruit tarts from Urban Artifacts, Cincinnati's home. For drinks made exclusively with real fruit, swing by Urban Artifacts, Northside Room. Mention Bearcat Journal. Get $2 off a flight of four tasters. Love it. Here, cheers. Cheers, sir. Urban Artifact acidifies their beer with a unique strain of lactobacillus. They catch that lactobacillus. I think that's the way to pronounce it in the church bell tower. It's how about, that? That's super how about that. Let's let's get a review. What do you guys think? Have, have oh, you had you that actually. one before, Brent? Is that your? It...
0: No, nope. first time doing the old raspberry and blackberry midwestern fruit tart. Tell you what, can have it come, come back for more. Very tasty. Very tasty. Aaron, I'm doing the uh, the spyglass. It's a lemon lime
1: tart uh it's it's a nice summer it would be a a very nice summer Mm. i bet bet that's
2: one it like kelly would kelly kelly's big on uh like like summer shandies like you know the in the summer she likes a good you know light refreshing option uh i bet that i bet that yeah you can have it shipped to your house aaron and brent had it shipped to their house
1: out to athens ohio all My the way to Athens
2: all the way to Indy like it, it wasn't like urban artifact just like you know ship something to like the west side these guys are out of towners now That Aaron is fully like are are you done like it,
1: everything's here i'll I'll say that much Every, you, everything's you here. don't
2: have to pay rent in april right correct so you don't live in cincinnati anymore
1: keys are turned in
2: yeah you, you live in athens ohio change now. of
1: address form is filled out
2: welcome <laughs> to athens
0: Home of the Bobcats.
2: There we go. And and Brinson Indy. Like, you, you can get it shipped to you. So yep. do that. If you're an out-of-towner, get you some Cincinnati flavor with our good friends now at Urban Artifacts. I, I'm yep. I'm really happy for this one. Uh, I think this one has a chance to be right up there with what we've done with Galactic Fried Chicken. Yep. Uh, and, and making somebody uh, even more of a name uh regularly in the city
0: it it tastes very good it, you know i so i was at uh gambridge Fieldhouse downtown indianapolis watching my alma mater the cathedral Irish, win another state championship just added onto the list but uh first basketball since like 98 so uh cheers to them uh xavier booker is on that team
2: he's very good he's, he's very good. good
0: i don't think <laughs> I, it's i i guess i can ask it well he is—is is that still going to be a target moving forward? Do you think, Chad? They've yeah established enough of a connection there.
2: I mean, it's going to be really hard to get that kid out. Look, right. Indiana's got Indiana, Purdue, Notre Dame. Yeah. Like, it, it's really hard if there's a kid that's of that level to right. beat out one of those three schools. Uh-huh. So it, it'll be really difficult. But they like him. He's good. He's very good.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I thought it was funny. I mean, they, it, that, that thing was a blowout, right? Like, that was an ass kicking. Oh, they they, they were up 40 at one point. But yeah. I mean, Chest, Chesterton is one of those schools from the region. They that had a goes,
2: magical run to get there, right?
0: Well, no, they went 29 and 0. But you have some. But I mean, in terms that, of like
2: getting through the playoff, they weren't quali- yeah. ever
0: qualified to beat Carl. Yeah, uh, Cathedral. Uh, cathedral uh, the, sorry. The cathedral. weird thing is, like, every single team makes the state tournament in Indiana. Yeah.
2: It's like, since it's like so, Kentucky, I'm aware of how it like, yeah, how so, works.
0: So you have like the ability to have a somewhat easy ride. Like in cathedral section was like three of the top 10 teams in the state. And so once you get out of there, it's kind of a, kind of an easy ride, but um, yeah, it was a, it was a win. Xavier Booker is really good, but I, I mean, there on the sideline was Tom Izzo. And then you look down low and it's, Matt Painter, who probably wishes he was still in Philadelphia, but the, uh, Saint Pey- Pey- the Peacocks got a hold of him and, and took him on down. Gosh, that was a rough game. But, yep, there he was trying to lure in uh, old right. Xavier Booker. But at least it's a basketball talk. It's time to roll right in. Uh, yep. Good news came this weekend. One David and Julius announces he is coming back for one more season with the Bearcats. Um Mammoth news, mammoth, mammoth news. Uh, You know, it's, it's really hard to think where this team would be without David DeJulius, you know,
2: I, it's offense. If you think offense was difficult last year, imagine what offense would have looked like without David DeJulius.
0: No. Like Woo-hoo. he, <laughs> he, he rose up to the top of every team scouting report, which then opens up opportunities for other players. The other players just at times weren't able to kind of, you know, pick up right. that. But, but still, it was he without him, it would be crazy to imagine. But, you know, uh, Justin Williams did a good job touching on this in his article uh, after David got it. It was just kind of the fact that this is the first time in David DeJulius' career that he will be playing for the same coach in back to back seasons. Right. That's crazy. Love I mean, just imagine that. Imagine that.
2: One year for Beeline, one year for Jawan Howard, one year for John Brandon, one year for West Miller coming back for a second year of West Miller.
0: Unbelievable! I mean, it is crazy to think about playing for five different coaches. Uh, pardon me, four different coaches in the in four years. Yeah, yeah, it's it's insane. But David, right now he sits at eight hundred eighty-four career points scored. He's going to easily top one thousand between. The two between Michigan and Cincinnati. I think he's going to top 1,000 points as a Bearcat. Uh, he's at 653 for Cincinnati. He scored 480 this past that's, year. That's reasonable. Reasonable. Uh, probably what average, do you average? Around, 15,
2: about 14, 15 a yeah, game. Like
0: 14, like 14 and a half. Yeah, 14 and a half this season. So play 33 games. You probably only need to average around 12. But I mean, I think. He solidifies kind of that, that one position, that one role where you wanted to get that back in place, just kind of that scoring guard, uh, and now you can kind of not necessarily build around him. I, I mean, pretty much build around him. The, the confidence that he has coming off of this past season is probably the number one thing you would take leading into next year is someone who has the confidence that they are one of the best combo guards in the entire country. And right. that's what David has, Aaron. Your initial thoughts when you saw the juice, man. That when you saw a juice, the one that we call in the media DDJ that no one else calls DDJ. When you so, saw David DeJulius, so when you saw David DeJulius make the announcement, he was returning. Even if we could have maybe seen it on the tea leaves, what was your your feeling when when that finally came to fruition? How can you not be excited when you're? leading scorer comes back right
1: especially if things go according to what i think is not just the fans plans but Mm -hmm. it seems as if it's also in the uh coaching staff's plans if you bring in another guy who can score if you bring in another point guard if you a starting point guard if you bring in another big all of a sudden this team looks very different with just three additions right yeah on top of bringing in Josh Reed, on top of bringing in Daniel Skillings. Right. On top of bringing in Sage. So, I don't know. I, th- I think that it's going to be an exciting time to be a Bearcat next year as far as basketball goes. And I think that this was the very
0: first piece in building that out. Guys, what what was the first substitution that West Miller made every game? It was like clockwork. David DeJulius or Mike game. Saunders. Yeah. Mike Saunders would check in. David DeJulius would come out and it would be Mike Saunders and Micah Adams-Woods in the backcourt as a one-two punch. Um, when you keep David DeJulius and, and you potentially add, you know, that that point guard, longer point guard that we've been, been alluding to all offseason.
2: Or a combo guard to go with Dave.
0: Right, a combo guard to go with Dave. You know, you, you then have the ability to bring in Micah, who might just be kind of that steady veteran point guard off the bench but you have the ability to may, maybe then put Dave with with Micah a little bit more or Dave and the other guard a little bit more or you bring in Daniel Skillings with Dave or you start Daniel. just the, the possibilities right now are crazy and when you have a Daniel Skillings who potentially you know you guys mentioned it, I believe on one of the recaps is is you know he might come in and play 10 minutes 12 minutes a game throughout the beginning, first half of the year. But as things go on, he might see an uptick in minutes and uptick in production as he you know, transitions into what this the, the next level brings. I mean, you look at another recent player who did that same exact thing as a true freshman, and that was Jacob Evans. And, I I mean, I, I don't think it's far-fetched to just think about when you have David DeJulius out on the court for as many minutes as he's hoping to get his last season. And you bring in a scorer as that second second position, you'll see the playmaking just take a whole another step up, and you see the ability to have Dave have more space than he had probably yeah. ever this past season. Yep. I think that's, that's key. key. I'm It'll excited. Be exciting. It'll we're, be an, exciting. we're in a good spot to start. Um AJ McGinnis, since we last talked, he put his name in. I believe from everything that I've seen on the board and, and just talks and different things of that sort, the, the feeling is possibly that this is all of the the, the, the departures. There's, I mean, obviously, portal season kind of just just started, so possibilities are endless. But do you feel as if this is kind of the core? If you had to take your your guess, core as in what David DeJulius Julius said, in the article with, with Justin, just about how, you know, he he feels confident in the core that Wes has been able to establish. Define
2: core. Like, uh, you know, like uh, if you add the right guys, the core changes, right? Like, I think a core has been established. When you look at Dave, John Newman, uh, Odie, uh, Vic, Davenport, you know, D. Davenport, right. Mike, uh, like a core has been established, but guess what? Even with that core established, those names, there's a couple of those guys that, that won't be back after next year. Right. So it's an ever evolving, like we are not at a point where we were, like say when Troy was a junior and you had Troy and Gary and Jake Kyle was coming in. Like we're not at that point yet, where it's like, okay, we know what this roster is going to look like for the next two or three years.
1: Well, think of it this way too: if you bring in a point guard, a a big, and you know, a guy either coming off the bench or potentially a wing, right? Potentially starting. All of a sudden, your core, if you're not having to run 10, 11 deep, as far as your rotation goes, all of a sudden, your core could shrink down to seven or eight guys as opposed to running that deep. So your core could be drastically different.
2: Well, I disagree there because Wes wants to play
1: still pressing.
2: He wants. Yeah, he wants to get after you. He wants to to bring to bring guys at you in waves and. For whatever reason, that fans think that's a bad thing. Like, if your style, like, if you're slowing it down and grinding out a game, you're not going to play.
1: I just 10 mean, guys. If, I just mean, if you bring in guys who demand, you know, maybe that 28, 30 minutes that we haven't seen as outside of DeJulius,
2: uh, I, I still think you're going to see. I, I West doesn't want to play guys. 28 that, that 29 minutes. 30 minutes a game. He wants to play guys 24, 25, 26 minutes a game because he feels like that's Keep where they're rushed. they're most effective. Now, when the season's on the line, the guys that are getting, you know, 27 are all of a sudden going to be getting 30. But over the long haul, you want those guys at 24, 25 yeah. so that when you get to when things matter, you can play them 30. Like, it's just a philosophy. And I'm really interested to see, can he get to the point with these roster additions and the guys that are currently here where they can press and they can change defenses and be disruptive and be multiple defensively to really throw teams off of their kilter on the offensive end? Because we didn't see that this year. Like, they... They really had, like, if they were going to be good on defense, they had to sit down and guard in the half court. Right. Can he change this roster enough with Skillings, with Reed, with Tolentino, um, who we all think is probably going to take some time
0: mm-hmm. just to
2: physically get to where he needs to be. Right. Um, and then with with the additions from the portal, to make this team a, a team that can say, you know what, for – maybe it's maybe it's not – For 40 minutes maybe it's not 40 minutes of hell yet maybe it's uh 19 minutes of heck (laughs) where they're where they're getting after you and getting in you and pressing you for 19 minutes like that but that's vastly different than what we saw in year one because we saw like four minutes of uh maybe we'll bother
0: you yeah, like four <laughs> minutes of Will Smith at the Oscars, and then just right. Over.
1: Wow! I was waiting for for when that was going to make an appearance he, tonight. Look,
2: he did it. That was as good of time to bring that in as you could possibly. Have you're not wrong.
1: I'm, I'm. I'm. That
2: was well I'm, fucking done, Brent. Well done. I. I. I think like you're having an Evan Prater moment tonight. Like you. You're. you You're. You're having a strong game. A strong game.
0: I mean I'm the number one overall prospect, so yeah. <laughs> uh no but so take You've take been here for scene. like five years now. <laughs> Evan's been there three. So here's here's a thought. Do you think I love that- it.
2: I love it. What a fucking great show this is tonight, because we were all like, we don't I don't know if we have much to talk about.
0: You, we're, night, think- we're
2: 90 night- minutes in.
0: It's like the nightcaps. <laughs> Do you think another thing about the kind of just the the overall depth that the team had last year, talent depth, I mean, where if you did go with that full court pressure and it did become a game where all of a sudden Dave gets two quick fouls or all of a sudden, you know, you have Newman pick up two quick cheap ones. Right. And you're you're throwing in someone that you, you know, you, you might trust in spurts, but to tell them to play 15 minutes while David DeJulius has to sit on the bench, you're maybe not as keen to do that. So you, you do sit back in the half-court defense, and you do not get as high pressure as you would like to. Well, if you bring in these three transfers that they're hoping for on top of the three freshmen coming in, two probably that are ready right away, I mean, I think that allows you to be a little bit more of a gambler when it comes to that sort. So, um yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think at this point, obviously the the next question, the next step is who takes these three special roles, and we've already mentioned a, a point guard with some length. Dave coming back immediately makes that be you know one of the main options. But the question is this: Dave kind of mentioned he's he, he sees himself as a combo guard, sees himself as as, as someone who can play on the ball and off the ball as well. Is that Leading to the side where this player potentially coming in the the quote unquote guard does it need to be a point guard first type role player or does it need to be or could it be that combo guard like Dave DeJulius is? I mean I don't, don't know that kind of a right. I I mean but but in your opinion, do you think it? Do you think the way that kind of Dave was used could lead to be well if you get two Daves on the court at the same time instead of a potentially guy that's you know. Five assists a game, maybe not the scoring power and the shooting that comes with it. I we'll mean- see. Can can they get number one?
2: And if, yeah. if you if you're a member of Bearcat Journal, you 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 have a pretty good sense of like what what they're looking like, what they're trying to do right now. Yeah. I think that that impacts everything. Did, are they if they can find a way to to get the guy that that they've got their eye on, then everything kind of adapts from there. If not, then you know maybe it looks different. It, right. Maybe what you can uh, what you can draw up looks a little different because of of how target number one impacts the roster. So I don't know yet. I, I don't yeah. like. I, I, I genuinely don't. I, I know they are trying to look and under every rock and turn over every stone. And, and see what is out there and, and what fits and what might be right. I, I still think at this point, like there's one name at the top of the list and then a bunch of due diligence being done.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Hopefully here in the next week or two, like we start getting some, a little bit more clarity. But right now, like it, it, here's what I could say to people that are, that are worried about where things are at. UC's not – West right now is not trying to impact the middle of the roster, right? Because that's ultimately – if we're being honest with ourselves, that's what happened last year. And a lot of that was situational given when you were – like how late you got to the portal, right? What did we talk about all year? They had a bunch of of middle-of-the-roster guys, a a bunch of guys that were suited to be on a roster – Built one way that could utilize their one skill. Like you could put this guy on the floor and know we're getting rim protection. Or you could put this guy on the floor and know we're getting defense. Or you could put this guy on the floor and know we're getting a little bit of shooting. You don't want to do that again. Like you don't want to go back and put yourself back in a situation in year two where you have a bunch of middle of the roster guys. So what does that mean? That means you have to be very judicious. You have to be very smart and calculated in how you're going to impact the top of the roster, not right. the middle, the top. Right. And, and that is done very carefully because right. one false step and you miss on a guy that could impact the top of the roster because you had to, you felt like you had to get a guy. Like you, right. you felt like, okay, this guy wants to commit, we got to take it. And now you've got a guy that impacts the middle of the roster, the same as maybe he's a little better than the guy he's replacing,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but he's not good enough to make that jump to where yeah. you want to go. Like where, where you're competing for a tournament spot. And in the middle of February, late February, your names in the field or on the bubble and you can play your way in and you can play your way out. Like you're, they're in a very fine line right here.
1: Well, and I think you have to call it what it is too, in the sense that you're recruiting these guys out of the portal with the big 12 in mind, not even just this season, but yeah, but it depends on
2: which guy you're recruiting, right? If you're recruiting a one-year guy, that doesn't impact like, that guy like i
1: understand i, I mean just i agree with what you're saying
2: i'm just yeah. saying there's 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 levels to it of like the one-year guys that are out there right right they're not going to be impacted by the big 12 the multiple I, year I guys they are correct and and does the guy have a covid year is it a one-year guy that possibly has two right right yeah. like it's so there's so much that you have to like layer through to make sure you're going to get it right.
1: I believe that's what they call a delicate dance. <laughs> there we go. Um, Have you, guys, yeah.
2: you guys haven't been watching this. Oh, boy. Wow. You guys been what? watching this game? No. No? UConn what? NC State just put on an epic two-overtime Elite Eight game, 91-87 in two overtimes.
0: Women's basketball. Yeah. I tell you what, there was wow. Well, which, which game was that? It was the UConn. It was. It might have been the UConn South Carolina game, like three years ago, maybe. It was yeah, I
2: think I remember what started. Yeah, where
0: it was like a game winner. Um, no, there was
2: a Notre Dame run a couple years. ago I know ago it was the well Notre Dame was...
0: one. It it might have been them. I I don't know, but I, but I was at a bar watching it, and it was kind of one of those where like, you know. People aren't going to the bar with this in mind to watch the game, but like, but that's what they're watching. People are slowly like glancing at the TV screen. I, and then- when I
2: turned the camera off like 20 minutes ago, it was to watch the end of the second overtime because I didn't want to do the podcast like this. Uh, no, UConn didn't, uh, didn't foul up three with six seconds left, and NC State hit a hit a. Or, yeah, NC State hit a three to tie, like, yeah. at the buzzer. Uh, never, I thought they never were not interested.
0: In never recognized the Godfather three. Always foul up by three. Come on. Uh If you thought they weren't interested in any one-year transfers, I, I don't know who
2: you're getting your information from, but it wasn't me. It's, it, oh. I've never said, I've never said that.
0: Oh. I, mean, I just
2: never said that. Like, if, if a one-year guy fits – You take the one-year guy, and then you have an extra spot for next year. Because guess what? If you have an extra spot for next year, you can take a one-year transfer that you get to tell you're playing in the Big 12, right? Like, as many spots as you can have open for 2023, as long as things go like we think they're going to go, and you get to to take that into the Big 12 – You want as many spots as possible in
0: 2023. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's that's my stance on it. Is I people keep talking about that first year in the Big Twelve. You know, you you gotta be ready for that first year in the Big Twelve. I think next year is is just as important, if not even more important, because the the confidence level of your team is significantly higher when you're able to to have a win, winning season put together and potentially make a run at the tournament, get in the tournament maybe make some sort of a noise, you know, you look at all these teams that made this leap from, you know, not a great team to a tournament team, you know, a a decent team to a tournament team. Now they have forward momentum. I think if you do this, you know, all we're going to get this guy who might not give us too much next year, but that following year, that first year in the big 12, he's really going to shine. No, I think, I think you got to go all out for this upcoming year. So that you are in the in the thick of things. You're in everyone's spotlight. ESPN's talking about you, you know, on a college game day saying, you know, Cincinnati's looking great in the AAC. It's a great momentum to carry into the Big Twelve, instead of here we are, we're gonna be in the NIT next year. And then right. hopefully we make that next step with all these players who have multiple years. I think you go all yeah. out this to- year.
2: And you send a message to your, like, uh, 2023 recruits. If we get this, I think sometime over this summer, we're going to know one way or the other. You have to at some point in time. Are they going to be able to buy out a year early? You're going to know. Yep. 2023, you're going to be able to tell high school recruits you're going to play in the Big 12. Right. And you're going to be able to tell transfers one year, two year, three year, The rest of your time is going to be spent in the Big 12. So I agree with you, Brent. Like you you go and do whatever you can to make the team for 2022-23 as good as you can possibly make it. If that's with one-year guys, it's with one-year guys. If it's with three-year guys, it's with three-year guys. But you don't discriminate either way. You say, look, we're trying to be as good as we can be 2022, 23, and we'll deal with what we have to deal with from there. Because yeah. the transfer portal allows you to do that. It allows you to say, we're going to get the best high school kids we can get, two or three or four of them, whatever. And then we're going to supplement that mm-hmm. with the Big 12 guys.
0: And you know what? If, if you do get like one or two one-year guys that tear it up, guess what you can go tell these guys on the portal – who have maybe one or two years, you can tell them, "Hey, look at what Johnny Johnny did this past year. He he was a catalyst to taking us to the NCAA tournament. You can come in and be the next Johnny Johnny." And I, it just, I I think this next year is just extremely extremely important. Should be a lot of fun. It should be. It should be. But but yeah. I, but why I didn't get to finish that? So so that that girls' game, the game winner happened, and it was one of those where like everyone all of a sudden was watching and we all blew up and it was amazing. And so I hope Chad, you're getting to watch that. And uh, it's, it's as beautiful. Um, I'm laughing at
2: my text messages. So I'll tell you guys after the show.
0: Is there any mutual interest in uh, Terry Roberts?
2: Uh, They've made a call. Like I, we'll see.
0: You know, I, I want to ask you guys what you would classify when, when these Twitter accounts come out and they say, blah blah school has made contact with this player. Do you, do you think it's something as small as a Twitter follow or a Instagram follow? Like, like what what qualifies as schools reaching out?
1: I don't know, man. When teams talk about, or when when you see those tweets where it lists off any anything over like ten, <clears throat> I'm sorry, anything over like ten, right? I'm over it. Like, okay, you're a number in a hat at this point. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not putting anything into it until I feel there's reason to. Look, what, what we know is the staff is working,
2: right? They're yeah. working the transfer portal. They're, they're taking right. a look. They're watching tape. They're seeing names that come up. They're, they're, they're making calls. They're seeing mm-hmm. if they have a connection. They're seeing where it fits. Right. I just haven't got the sense yet, outside of the one name I've talked about on Bearcat Journal, mm-hmm. that anything has gotten past the point of like, let's see where this stands, where, where's this recruitment going? Is it done? Because that's like that. What people don't understand is that's the one thing you have to find out immediately when a kid is in the portal, is this thing already done or is this thing already down to two or three schools where I'm fighting upstream? What kind of battle? I can't win.
1: Right. What kind of chance do you really have?
2: Yeah. Like you have, to, and then you have to do your, your, your research on the kid. What kind of kid is it? Is it a bad kid? Is it a kid that's not a winner? Like No matter how talented they are, is it a kid that's not about what the culture you want your program to be about? People have to trust. We have seen this in two monumental transformations in this town. Zach Taylor, Luke Fickle were steadfast. We're not going outside of what we want to be our culture Mm -hmm. just to bring guys in. Right. Let Wes do the same thing. Let them do their due diligence. Let them do their work. Let them make sure that the guys that they're bringing in are about what they want to be about. There's five or six guys that have mentioned UC. Right. That the more you dig, it's like... I don't know culturally if this is, this is a guy that you want to bring into the locker room.
0: Right. Well, and, and then you think in, in mind, it's like, okay, did, did X coach reach out to his AAU coach or his high school coach or his, like right. his, his college coach. And is, was that the extent of this school? And think contract? about how
2: small the AAU world is. There's not a lot like,
0: right. You know,
2: there's 40 Nike teams. There's 40 or so Adidas. There's 40 or so under armor. You're talking 120 teams. There's a pretty good chance somebody on your staff knows somebody at one of those AAU programs, right? So they reached out and said, "You know, what's what's the scoop on this kid?" And then all of a sudden, the kid's like, "Oh, Cincinnati's in on me."
0: And honestly, not what, how it what does that do works. for the kid too? It it raises the awareness that well, yeah. like, okay, people are after him. If we want this guy, maybe we got to push a little bit, little bit harder, you know. And so.
2: And, and, and what happens if I'm the one that comes out and says Cincinnati's on this kid? Then everybody knows Cincinnati's on the kid. Right. Because I don't put right. things out there just willy-nilly.
0: Right.
2: If I say I mean, it, I say it.
0: Yeah. So say it with your chest. And and I mean. If, always. <laughs> and if always. you're being honest.
2: I kind of hurt a little. <laughs>
0: you didn't hit it. A, a little like, hard and, in the paint on that one. <laughs> to, to be honest, though. If you look back at the transfer portal, all the way up until this past weekend through today, a lot more today juice, it blew up. A lot more juice Ooh. has been pumped in recently. So today you know, it I, was popping. Yeah, today it was. It was
2: bussing, bussing. Bussin is my bussin
0: bussin', man. As my eleven-year-old would With say. aaron Aaron's got an eleven-year-old
2: now. He knows. He's busting
0: bussing bussin bussin down there, boy. I get you it down there, boy.
2: You bussing, <laughs> Aaron.
0: All right, but here uh, I, I guess I mean, you know, we could talk about it until we're we're blue in the face. Um, let's I mean, mailbag,
2: man. We we were talking about doing a short show.
0: No, I know. We're talking about let's, two and a half hours right now. Let's let's mailbag, but but Aaron, anything in closing for basketball, real quick? Other than let's let's do that quick mention of Daniel Skilling's high school state championship. Uh, Sports Center retweeted it, or, or I mean, they posted it on a on. Instagram about 31 and 13, man, 31, and
1: 13. Is... That's, that's impressive. 31 points, Champion. 13 boards. Let's Champion. go.
0: Let's go. And what they do, they like said, like I saw some tweet. It was, it was going around in, in some groups. I'm in about how, like it was the first time a player scored 28 or more. And however many years in the uh, Philadelphia, in the Pennsylvania state championship game. It's like, it's like, okay, well, why, why are you picking 28 or more? Why? Like when was the last time someone scored thirty-one or more. I come on. Give go back even further in the archives. But uh it's, it's no, a I mean, strange number it's awesome. to just land on. Right. Very weird. But no, I'm I'm really excited to see what Daniel Skillings brings. And especially because you can see in his highlight package from that game, like he was attacking. He was not holding back. He 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 was catching that rock and he was shooting it with confidence. And I mean I mean that's that's something that probably one player on the team this past year definitely had was when he when he got his hands I guess two. When when you got your hands on the ball, you you were ready to shoot that right away. I'm you really excited go, to see more like dunks. dunks. Yeah, dunks too, man. Well, definitely. no the thing for me is his, his
2: ability to finish at the rim.
0: Yeah, length, man. That's this team length was
2: awful. And couldn't make layups. Right. Dan Bro. Skilling's is a layup maker, or at least he has been.
1: If it's... he's not putting it down with two hands, ooh! <laughs> when he shoots
2: layups, the layups go in between the little the little circle. That's you, that's something you know that you this team fit has two severely basketballs lacked.
0: In a circle, in, in that yes, circle? I do know
2: that. Easy. I'm aware Easy. of that. Crazy.
0: All right, um, good for Dan.
2: I, I I think he's going to be an impact guy.
0: Yeah, and, and and the thing about him as well. Is that you guys kind of mentioned this on one of the nightcaps is like, yeah, it's it's like his third season in organized basketball, and whatnot. And I, I mean, I'm not sure the level of competition is up there, but when you put like real, true, just guys that are gonna hone in on what they they want to bring out in him most skill-wise with that length already. I mean, geez, I, I can't wait to see. What his potential is—it's going to be uh, exciting and scary at the same time. Mail bag it up, but but first, ah, do you have another one to crack? Or are you already on?
1: Oh, I didn't bring another one. I'm still finishing this one.
0: Oh, well, cheers, cheers. The
2: timestamps stamps are brought to you by Urban Artifacts, Cincinnati's home for tart beer and seltzer made
1: exclusively
2: with real fruit. Swing by Urban Artifacts North Side Tap Room and your Bearcat Journal get two percent off a flight of four tasters. Urban Artifacts Bar Splash, backsplash is made from repurposed wood, flooring from the old gymnasium where the brew house now operates.
1: www.artifactbeer.com for those of you who were looking for that website earlier. Support them.
2: They support us. You support them. That's how this works. And then I can send that money to Aaron and Brent so they can eat. It's a good system. It's a good system.
0: For me, it's just Drake. So, oh well, that's fine. Keep them coming.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, like you—that's your one. Like that's your one deal. Like you're not—you're not getting uh, replenished supplies every month, Uh, unless Scotty wants to. But I don't think Scotty wants to send you to uh, Urban Artifact every month. See, know, unless I, he I wants
0: would, me to start to go to some big reds around the area, I was gonna
1: say like that's why I'm stretching this out until I hear otherwise. But ooh, local, local, <laughs> local watering holes
0: around the area. Let's I know some we can people. Do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mailbag. All right, let's go. Mailbag. All right. Uh, first and foremost, we're starting in the football mailbag as always. What does the timeline for a 10- today? Percent? Today it looks
2: like today. Because I just named the guy. We didn't did talk about that
1: earlier. Still, just want to put it up there.
2: We did no, I know. That. I'm just I'm answering the question. The name. So, the, the timeline looks like today.
1: So, if you're listening on the podcast, it was what does the timeline for a tenth assistant coach look like? Are there any names to watch for a dollar slash snipers coach today? today. Uh,
0: and and you know what that is, Aaron. Go go back to the question. Do you know what that is? That's that's no cap. No cap. Cat thirty two asked the question. <laughs> Cat thirty
1: two asks a question. Oh boy, uh, this may have been covered before, but does UC have an NIL collective like Louisville or Tennessee? I believe Urban Myers part of the NIL collective up in Ohio State now um, that can approach athletes slash recruits as a cohesive group.
2: They have uh, a group that is working uh, a, a company that is working with NLI. NIL through UC, uh, they do not have a. They do not have what Tennessee has, which is a bunch of boosters that have funded all or pulled all their money together to pay okay. a quarterback Eight that has million dollars. never played a snap $8 million. They don't have that. No.
0: Woof. Is that confirmed? $8 million?
2: Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, when do you think we will start to see some dominoes falling on the recruiting front for us in football? Soon.
2: It's spring. That's when you start. I mean here's the thing that's like that's uh it's different from where we've been before. Typically, right now, like they are they they were they had no commits, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And you were looking for like who's gonna be the guy that pops, who's gonna start the 2023 class. Or they had like one guy that committed like in the winter and it was like all right how are we going to get that 2023 class started well they've got five Mm -hmm. and they're the number 15 class in the country and their average rating is 87.26 yep uh so they're they're kind of already way ahead of the curve on where they've been in the past um I I do think that as is typical at the end of the spring, guys start making decisions. They go out on spring break. They take these tours. They go to campuses. They start deciding, you know, uh, where their home is going to be, and you see some commitments. I think we'll see some of that here in the spring uh, as the spring ends or comes to a close. Spring football comes to a close. Uh, and then you'll see another section in the summer with camps, a wave, a, wave, but if you a will. wave when when camps start. But you also have to be careful now because you've already got five,
0: and you're growing in recognition, growing in accessibility, and, and people wanting to come here. So right. Yeah, got to be careful because I, Aaron, you covered football recruiting. I I covered football recruiting as well. It, it's mm-hmm. the summer always seems to be a hot time, and you get a big chunk of commitments during that June and July months. That it, you know, it seemed like back when I was covering it, it was kind of the July Fourth was a hot date. I think there were three, three or five, three to five players that committed on that July Fourth week. Where, I don't know. Like you said, Chad, you've already got a head start. How quickly do you want to try to fill it up? Or you know, are, are you going to slow roll it? <laughs> I think they have time. Just seems like you have a, a drought, if you will,
1: for, for a bit. And then... Uh, well, that's because this was always a
2: drought. It didn't I, start... Until, no, I'm just explaining it, Aaron. It didn't start until now, typically. So okay. everybody thinks that there's a drought because they got these commits in the winter that they never get. Right. So now that like from that to now is seen as a drought, when that was never a drought, it was just the recruiting process that you started landing commits at the end of spring practice. And then you got more commits as you go through summer camps in June. And then now they have official visits in June and early July And, like, that's when the momentum picked up. But what I'm saying is you got to be careful because all of a sudden you might have way too many commits by the time you're at at July, if you're not careful, where you've got, like, 17 guys that want to jump in the boat, and now Mm -hmm. you have no flexibility through the rest of your recruiting class because you've already got five now. Like, it it just – all they're I mean in a about- different spot. No, I'm just saying they're in a different spot than they've ever been before.
1: Yeah, all I meant though was just all of a sudden when one kid starts to commit. When I was writing, like I had sometimes yeah. three, two, three kids, four kids in a week. I got a right. no. That's what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm
2: talking about. I think it's crazy. That's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. You have to be careful now because you've already got five. It used to be right now you had one or zero, right? Yeah. And then when the wave comes that you're talking about, where all of a sudden there's four, five, six kids ready to commit, well, guess what? If six kids commit, now you've got 11. And you have to add transfers. If you want to add transfers, they count against the 25 now. So if you have 11 high school kids, now that's half your class that's done
1: at the end of spring practice. It's also assuming no one's leaving, so...
2: No one. Well, no, that doesn't assume that doesn't matter at all. You get twenty five commits. You get between high school and transfers. You get twenty five commits. Doesn't matter who leaves or who stays,
1: regardless of transfers out.
2: I mean, the the eighty five is, all, but that's always going to work itself out, right? Like the number eighty five is. There's always going to be guys at the bottom of the roster that are not happy that. Are gonna go somewhere else to always get you to that eighty-five.
0: There's never been a one, team. Didn't didn't one enter the portal today? I don't know if it was official. I yeah, Jalen Monroe it, entered Jaylen the portal Monroe. today.
2: Yeah. Um, and I, 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 to be honest, and I know this is terrible of me. Like, uh, people will probably crush me for this at some point in time. Uh I had kind of forgotten about Jalen Monroe. I, I, I called somebody today and I was like. Was he even at spring practice the entire seven practices? Nope. He wasn't there. Like, that's obviously been in the works <laughs> for a little while. He was not in any of the spring practices. So, yeah, that's that's my bad on not catching that because I try to do my best to catch, like, okay, here's 18, 27, mm-hmm. 6, 5, 2, 9, 12. Blah, 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 blah. What? like uh, that's how I caught uh, Saturday Taj Ward wasn't feeling well, so he stayed home that day. and I was like, I don't see Taj Ward. They're like, yeah, he's sick. I miss Jalen Monroe. that's that's maybe an indictment on Jalen Monroe. <laughs>
1: <Right>.
2: <laughs> is what it is.
1: All right um, Mick just said, why? That was in the mailbag just not in response to anything or anyone just why because okay
2: i don't know so that's no that's you don't have kids so you don't know the answer to why is because always 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 i don't I know kids. is not the if you say i don't know brent brent okay. I'm, I'm conditioning you for when you have kids okay i'm right We're, uh, i'm teaching a lesson when they okay. say why and if you say, I don't know, that leads to another question every time. Every time. And the last thing you want is another question. So the answer is always like, uh, end because of the I road. Said so because, because I said so. Like, said yeah, so. that's I said so. Because, Why? because, because said I said so. so, right? Because I'm not answering another one of your stupid ass because. questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because. <laughs> You'll learn. Uh, Never followed a spring football game. What is the format and how is it run? That should be a good answer.
2: That varies every year. Uh, There's usually a really weird scoring system that relates to uh, one of the last plays of the scrimmage determining the outcome of the scrimmage.
1: (laughs) You say usually like there's an exception. That's, that's always the rule.
0: Right. Like it, it's all Will like. Pauling catches one over the middle. Right. And, and then the, and the offense wins. The offense to win. Right. Yeah. That one can get in. The, I don't know.
1: All right. Uh, when we host these large recruiting weekends during spring practices, how are we promoting the indoor practice facility? Do they have any renderings to show visitors or info on the status that isn't out in the public yet? No, we don't have renderings yet. Trust me, when they have renderings, you will
2: see them, right? Like that is, that is the point of those renderings cost millions of dollars. They'll show those off to everybody. Immediately, when those renderings are done, you will see them. Uh, they tell everybody, we are building an indoor practice facility. It is coming. It will be here while you are here. And once there are renderings, they will be part of every presentation. Right now, they're not done yet, or they're working on getting them done. And
1: that's how that'll go. While we're on the topic, though, I did see on the Bearcats Sports homepage, uh, they did launch a $100 million incentive uh, to try and raise funding. So sure. Feel free to donate to you cats, for all of that. Absolutely. If
2: you want to see the renderings, donate
1: money. <laughs> uh, any update on Justin Harris? Uh,
2: no different than what we've talked about. He's he's practicing. Uh, he has been running mostly with the twos uh, as an outside corner. Um, he's been in red because he broke his neck. And you're not going to like overly push him in spring practice. Uh, I think he's had a solid spring so far with what he's been allowed to do. And I will also say that was the most violent collision I think I've ever seen on a football field. So the fact that he is back and practicing is uh, amazing because him and Taj Ward, they, the, they had their sights set on this, and both of them missed by about six inches at full speed and com- collided, and I was maybe 12, 13 yards from the collision, and I was worried the ambulance was going to have to be brought out for both of them uh, in a large spatula because it was – you guys saw it in the press box. Yeah, we saw it. I saw it from field level. Like you guys saw it in the press box and both went, <gasps> right? It was, yeah, it was nasty. He's back. He's doing well. Very good. Love me some Justin Harris. Love me some Justin Harris. Great kid.
1: Have you asked if sauce is going to the draft like in attendance? Uh, and if so, would fickle be going with him?
2: Uh, last night, it's still being discussed. I I green I would assume, Sauce better be there. I would assume he's gonna be in the green room. Like that's
0: the way they're pumping him up. There's yeah, no that, way I would assume
2: be. he's gonna be in the green room. But last I heard a decision had not been made. D- don't know about Fick. Like Fick's got fick gonna have a lot of there's gonna be a lot of guys that want Fick like hanging out with them at their mm-hmm. draft party. So uh I don't know specifically on that yet. We we got what three weeks. Four weeks before, four weeks before before the might
0: even get an invite too, depending on if what depending the, on things how, how things trend. Hearing,
1: yeah. yeah, Over the next couple of weeks, free advertising. Yeah. All right, moving on to the basketball portion of the mailbag. Uh, what are your thoughts on landing Alex Chiku? I guess is how you would say that name, Chiku. Pretty good. Or Cam Hey? Uh, who would be? Most important for I it's Hayes. I think it is Hayes. And I'm Hayes, reading the yeah. question as it was written. Uh, who would be most important for next year's team? I don't
2: have any thoughts because I don't think they are primary guys that is recruiting. So we try to keep it in line here. like Keep it tight. If they are names that I think UC is heavily involved with, then we'll talk about them. If they're not, I'm not going to clickbait you guys into, you know, follow this guy, follow that guy. What about this guy? What about that guy? Like, no, we're going to talk about the people that you see really has a, a legit shot at landing. Those two are not on my list at this point.
1: All right. Without any real smoke on the recruiting front, if you were to craft a realistic and successful offseason, how would you round out the roster? Any specific names you would like the staff to pursue? <sighs>
2: Guys, we're not going to do this every week. We're just not like follow. When I when I get confident, relevant information, I'm going to post it. There's no real smoke on, smoke on the recruiting front from your perspective. From my perspective, it's a different perspective. Um, when there are specific names, I will provide them to you. You know who provided you all of the names last offseason? All of them. Me. So when there are specific names, we will talk about them on Bearcat Journal. I promise.
1: Not to toot toot his own horn or anything. I promise. Toot,
2: toot. Odie. Abdul.
1: It's Hayden. It's rare I get to give you a hard time but, but uh, go saying. back a year ago I there, that was not me calling you out for any misinformation it was simply if
2: yeah this is, this if, it's, is. if it's if it's if there's a guy to pay attention to we're going to talk about it first here we're not there like uh, the one name I've given you is a name that I think you see is doing everything they can to land do I do I know for sure they're gonna land him absolutely not but they're doing everything they can to land it I like this yes.
0: All
1: right. Uh Chad, do you think there's a shortage of real talent in the portal this year? It seems to be lacking compared to previous years. I have a hard time seeing three high-quality transfers coming in this year that will make a huge difference to this roster.
2: I think there are at least three people in the portal this year that could be high, high you know, guys that make an impact. I, I think of, of the thousand names, there's probably gonna be three that can make a difference.
1: Well, so it's still hard to even really know what the hell's going on in the portal
0: as people are still playing
2: and people are just now entering the portal. Today was crazy.
0: I mean, I think I I think said it just the past weekend. Yeah,
2: there, there was somebody that was like, I, I think the portal's pretty the, the, I was discussing with today. I think the portal's pretty, pretty settled on how many players, like uh, the high-level players that are going to be in. We talked about this last week, okay? UC put three players in the portal this week right mm-hmm. those were all guys we all thought the conversation the tough conversations right gonna have to have some tough conversations every school in the country especially the high like when we're talking about the high major level all those schools had those tough conversations are you really sure? You want somebody that a high major program just had that tough conversation with? You're not good enough to play here? You gotta you gotta jump two feet in, ten toes down on the guys that everybody else in the country is like, I we we don't think you're gonna work here. We think we're gonna have to find somebody else that's better than you to fill your spot. Relax, guys, relax this is a four to five week process right Mm -hmm. we're in week two there's three or four weeks to go before this first wave of the portal plays out right just let it play out let it play out and then if we get to May first and Cincinnati hasn't done shit freak the fuck out freak out (laughs) i'm serious i'm serious the portal closes may 1st if you haven't entered the portal at may 1st you don't get the free year right Mm -hmm. so if we get to may 1st and cincinnati hasn't added anybody and they got three spots open and it looks like the roster is going to be very similar to what was here last year just with the addition of skillings and reed and Tolentino. Freak out. Lose your shit on the board. Go crazy. Freak out. But it's March 28th. Let them figure out over the next four plus weeks. And let's see if they're good as good as we think they are on the recruiting front. Let's see. It's time for them. They've got this window. They don't owe us anything. We don't, we don't owe anything. They don't owe anything to us on how they're going to get it done, right? The answer is get it the fuck done. Yep. And when we get to March 1st, we'll take a look at the roster, and we'll go, wow, they got better. And we'll go, uh-oh, this looks a lot like the same team we had last year.
1: All right. Do you expect any staff members to leave for any reason this offseason?
2: At this point, no. Um, I've talked around and, and I've talked to some of the guys on staff. You going to be here? Yeah, going to be here. So as it stands, no. I I think the staff will at least, by and large, be very similar next year to what it is this year.
1: All right. uh, what does a successful year two for West look like? Is there a certain number of wins needed? A postseason trip to the NIT or NCAA tournament required, or 2023 recruiting success? How do we define success from now until the end of next season?
2: I don't live life like you guys. Like these are my expectations. I demand they do this. But what I will say is, I like I, this team should be when you get into the middle of February in play for an NCAA tournament spot. Right? I think that's fair. Does that sound fair?
1: Moving into the Big 12, I'd have concern if they weren't contending. Right. In, in the that's America. not
2: to say they're a lock or they're, they're right. going to be a protected seed. But like when, when the bracket matrix starts really being a thing in February, like the start of February, right? I want to see Cincinnati like in the mix yeah. on some of those lists. Like, I want to see some of the top bracketologists having Cincinnati in the fold.
1: At the very so, least, you'd hope to be like first four in, first four out, something along that line, bubble team.
2: Right. That's what I'm, that's kind yeah. of what I'm getting at. Yeah, like yeah. It, You want people to be talking about Cincinnati as a potential tournament team as you get into like the middle of February.
1: So if they're a lock, we've overachieved. Yes.
2: And if they're not on those lists, then they didn't have a great off season and maybe they took too many players early in the process that, you know, didn't make them great, but made them slightly better.
1: <laughs> All right. Chad, I believe you had mentioned that regarding the transfer portal, the three positions in need are at point guard, power forward, and center because four- I did
2: not mention this by the way.
1: Because four or three, depending on how you view Hensley, of the seven returning players are at the power forward slash center positions, how realistic do you think it is that we land starting caliber players at those positions? And can you almost ask the same question about point guard as, although only two returning players, both of them were starters?
2: Brian. Less words. Less words. First. (laughs) I never... There's this, like, somewhere people think I mentioned that they need a power forward. That's not what I ever said. I, I feel, felt they needed another wing. The kind of slots in between where Skillings and Reed are, which would kind of be the three, right? Because I don't think they have, like, if Newman is your three, there's nothing behind it, Right?
0: At the four,
2: at the four, Jeremiah Hensley, who I think is more of a four than a three, Josh Reed, Odie, Vic, those guys, those five, you got five guys that can play the four, right? Whether you want to want to go big or small, some of those guys can move to the five, some of those guys can move to the three, but the four has never been a position. I said. They need to like have a heavy emphasis on.
0: I mean, the four doesn't really even exist anymore. Honestly, it's just it does. I, uh, st- it's, stretchable, stretchable, or, or, it's evolved,
1: right? I, right. it's I mean, evolved. it's, just, it's not
0: a positionless basketball, and you're not and looking for you, Charles Barkley or you know, right, uh, right, right, Gary Clark, like you know, I mean. Yes, the crazy thing Gary, is, if Gary, if Gary had
2: developed early, he would have been the ideal stretch four in college. Right,
0: right, But I'm talking about what he was.
2: Yeah, in he college. didn't develop in time, right, to be that in college.
0: Since year, he, um, he, he was that, but
2: he made some shots. Yeah, for yeah. three, he made some shots. Um, I, I no, I, I don't think power forward is like I, I would not take a
0: power forward.
1: I think you pretty much have it locked down between guys drifting between the five and the four. Mm-hmm.
0: Unless, Unless the power and the forward is a stud,
2: sure. Like if you get a game changer, then you you rotate everybody else, you know, <laughs> and, and and you adjust. It yeah, right. But as it is, I'm not, not I'm not, time. yeah, I'm not dialing in on we have to have a four. I'm yeah. dialing in on we need a point guard. Mm-hmm. We need a center.
0: And a young wing.
2: And a wing. If he's young, he's young. If he's not, he's not. We'll get the right. young one next year. We have to not get I the agree. young one next year. Not but point guard, wing, center. I don't know where. I've seen this a couple times that that I insisted it like a power forward. No, that's you guys. You guys think they need a power forward. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Brian. No, I. I, I, I I get where you're coming from because I've seen it a couple times where people are like, Chad has said one, four, five. No, that's not what I said. One I think wing five.
1: They're just maybe with, I mean, with potentially with some People don't old.
2: understand what I'm saying. What, what wing of, means. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. I don't disagree with that, Aaron. You're
1: right. You're right. Uh, what does the summer look like for the new players? Assuming three portal transfers and skillings and read, when do they start basketball related UC activities? And what does that entail? uh
2: depends uh depends on when they graduate high school uh if they're a grad transfer when they graduate college um if they're a regular transfer when can they get here generally new players arrive in june um grad transfers have been a little bit um fluid because it's a matter of when did you graduate from the university that you're at? Is it, did you graduate in May? Uh, Did you have to take some summer classes? Mm -hmm. Did you have to take summer class? Session one, did you have to take summer class session one and two? Like that's a lot of the stuff that goes into, are we going after this grad transfer? Right? Like if we can't get them here until August, How much are we going to be able to count on him helping us in November? We want a grad transfer that's going to be able to be here, you know, early. So there's no specific like hard and fast uh, deadline. Generally freshmen early June is when they arrive on campus um transfers that can be a little bit earlier because they get done with their their current school and then they can as long as you can basically for a transfer the 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 deadline is or the the end goal is enrolling and starting in a class right and some of that stuff happens on a school on semesters at the end of may Middle of May, you can start to enroll for summer classes. Sometimes it's in June, sometimes it's in July. Like it's a, uh, it's complicated as opposed to when did they get released from the school that they're transferring from.
1: All right, that closes the basketball portion of the mailbag. Last part of the mailbag is the banks. No, nobody's nobody's diving into the baseball mailbag if we have another week without anything there i'm just gonna stop posting it rough
2: weekend for the it, rough it, week for the bearcats
1: it was uh they they dropped all three uh to xavier starting friday uh um, yep seven eight seven eight and five, six. One run games all three of them. Uh, they have they have one last shot at, at xavier uh at home on wednesday at six um Currently standing at nine and thirteen, that that, that hurt. They could have been over five hundred if they had gotten. They they
2: got the start they wanted, where they didn't start like zero and six, right? Right. Uh, going down south and playing a bunch of like top fifteen teams, and then but but when you schedule like that, you better make sure you come back up north and win games. And it's been tough. That six game road trip to South Carolina, and then these three. Against Xavier, got to be better. Still Dukes looking forward. Jukes will tell you that. Got to be better.
1: Still looking forward to that Big 12 uh, rule of no starting, no, <laughs> no games for, for games that start below 32 degrees at first right. pitch. So. I feel you. Uh, quick question. Since, I, and, and Skins never has a quick question, let's be all the way honest. Uh, this is This is, is just for Britt. Yep. Since I'm on vacation and the better half is giving me the evil eye, uh, Brent, how hard is it playing the straight man to Chad and Aaron?
0: A lot more difficult than I lead all the listeners and followers to believe. That's about all I got to say about it.
1: I'm fairly certain you get off these podcasts about half the time just irritated that you have to deal with not one, but both of us.
0: (laughs) I'm never irritated, to be honest. The eternal optimist. I love it. Love it.
2: We have fun that's the point right we have fun yeah All right. Th- there's nobody there's and the funny part is this is i will say with certainty because we run the two top podcasts in the uc space this podcast gets more traffic than any podcast in the uc space
1: we're number one yeah one of us. Uh, Bengals question this week repeat to get to the Super Bowl again will be tough. Would you trade draft picks to move up to get Sauce, thinking that pick will help the goal, or stand pat and choose best player available at 31? Well, you do not want to mortgage your future as good as Sauce is. Um, I, I will not be shocked at all if they take a cornerback at 31 if it's right. the best player available. I think that honestly, they're going to end up going defense unless a Zion Johnson or a Linderbaum falls all the way to 31. But here's the thing. You have to mortgage a lot
2: to, get to go top up top high top. enough to get yes. to where you think sauce is going to be drafted. Yes. A lot. Like
1: he could that's not just
2: as simple as like, okay, we're going to give you 31 and our number one next year. Because guess yeah. what?
1: That's not enough. Cincinnati's number one
2: next year doesn't have a ton of
1: value, right? Not if we're going where we think we're going. No,
2: right. So, yeah uh, you can't. I wish you could. I'd love to see Sauce as a Bengal for the next
0: ten years. But there, also, the Bengals' draft spot is is the perfect place where teams like to go in last second and take that end of the first round spot. So a quor-
1: especially a quarter. Sure, sure. What's yeah, that have to do get, with
0: drafting yeah. sauce in the top five? I'm saying you don't want to trade that because you can get right. Okay, I, got you. I, got
2: you. I got you. I got you. I yeah. Get
0: no, value. You right. and trade, get value. Like, and trade yeah.
1: down.
2: Right. Yeah. You're right.
0: No, you, you
2: absolutely right. Like you, so, you want to hang on to that spot. Right. For sure.
1: The very last thing you want to do in the position they're in is reach for anything. Right. So it wouldn't be trading up. Again, unless you could potentially get a Linderbaum in like <coughs> the twenty-five range, but you're not I don't think you're don't, just pretty much
0: swapping picks in a six or something. Right.
1: I don't see them moving up though. I, I think if anything, they'll move down. Uh, but like I said, just just don't reach. Right. Uh the last question in the mailbag. I'm planning a trip to Iceland with the lady. I'm very excited Ow. to go. But currently, said trip will be happening during the same week as UC versus Arkansas football game. How do I convince her that watching football on that Saturday is a good use of our limited vacation time? I will say I brought this question up to my lady, and she said the only way that you're getting away with that is if you just tell her that it's simply too cold in Iceland and you just want to stay in and cuddle. And she wants that attention.
2: Here's the problem. Iceland's not cold.
1: I know Greenland's cold. Iceland is is Iceland.
2: Green. Iceland is Iceland is green. The two
0: mighty ducks.
2: Greenland is ice. So what you have to do is find. I don't know what the equivalent is in Iceland, but you have to find somewhere that the game is going to be on TV.
0: A lot, lot harder than you can you can imagine. I,
1: I think you just. Turn off all social media notifications, stay off of social media entirely, tape the game. And tape the game to what? I'm, I'm saying tape it. Tape the game. To what? I don't know, man. And do people still tape things? It'll like, be on ESPN Plus
0: later. TiVo, I don't know, man. Like No, so, so what you do is this. I had to do this in Ireland. You just go along your merry way, make sure your phone is fully charged. Bring a backup one of those battery pack things. You just carry on. Watch it. Commercial breaks are about three to five minutes. You were you were at a wedding.
2: You were at a wedding with like like thirty people. You could blend in, right? He's with his wife.
1: Like you don't get
2: to blend in. See, this is we we continue to have this disconnect with Brent. Like no wife and kids. Like. You just get to like. Look, we're jealous. We would love to willy nilly, and just be like, "Ah, shit! Oh, i sorry. I, I didn't know what you meant. I was over here watching my phone." That, that's Zach, not how wives work. <laughs> Zach, I don't, I don't
1: think you're gonna be watching the game. If I'm being honest, here's,
0: no. Here's I, you have
2: to. You have to find a, a place. And I think a lot of it depends on like what what level of. Uh, production what level of T V do you as you you see Arkansas right if it's on like ESPN two you could probably find a restaurant in Iceland with ESPN two
0: they would have to stream it for you because that believe me we were the Notre Dame game when they were playing Florida State no no bar had yeah but
2: that's NBC nobody in Ireland has NBC everybody's got ESPN
0: right I, no, I think that I've first, been in, I've I think that game in, against against Florida State was, was on, on ESPN. Yeah. I, I, just, I I want to put this
1: in perspective. Right now, it is currently ten thirty three here Eastern Standard Time. It yeah. is currently two thirty three a.m. in Iceland. So, Four. I don't know what time that game is slated for.
2: Early, I think it's like a like a one
1: o'clock game or something.
2: Two o'clock, three o'clock or noon game, or whatever.
1: There. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. If it was a night game, you, oh, good luck.
0: You hang out well, in the small that- things with the monkeys that swim around.
2: All right, Zach, I'm going to be honest here. Get her drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the game is, five hours before kickoff, get her drunk. That might be brunch. That might be breakfast, mimosas right? Like, whatever the case may be, load her up five minutes before the game, or five hours before the game. By the time the game's ready to kick off, you play the sympathetic husband. I love you, honey. I just, you know, I want what's right. Just just take a nap. Just take a nap. When When you wake up, we'll go get dinner. Everything's cool. It's all good. Just take a nap, and then you watch the game, and then she wakes up, and then you go get dinner and you go about your night.
1: I'm telling you right now, there's no shot poor Zach is gonna get to watch this game.
2: I think that's the best path. I think that's the best path. You you guys get low, like it's like tailgating, right? You guys tailgated five hours before the game. <laughs> and and you get a shot, 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 shot. Like, and you're drinking doing shots of water, and she's doing shots of tequila, and then 30 minutes before kickoff, she's ready to take a nap. And then she takes a nap, you sit in the room, you watch the game. When she wakes up, you're ready to go to dinner. You're good.
1: No shot this is happening for him. That's the mailbag. You don't think that's good advice? I didn't say it wasn't good advice. I'm just saying I don't think there's a chance. A snowball's (laughs) chance in Greenland. How about that? Greenland's cold. Iceland's green.
2: So the people that named those places fucked up. Iceland. I, just,
0: I've, just I've heard Iceland tasty hot dogs. I've heard Iceland is games. amazing.
2: I like. I've talked to people that have been to Iceland, and they it said is Iceland amazing. is amazing. It is. Oh, you what, what wedding did you go to in Iceland, Brent? It's not a wedding. Sure it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> this was a great fucking podcast. Unreal. We uh, were worried if we like. Do we have ninety minutes of content tonight? Yeah, we're at two and a half hours.
0: Well, that must mean it's time for us to close on out. But one last thing, Aaron. Cheers. <coughs> yeah, just finished mine. Chad, final final time stamp. Aaron, take it away. Well, uh, Chad, I uh, uh, spring means two things:
2: basketball and warmer weather. Enjoy both with some fruit tarts from Urban Artifact. It's home for drinks made exclusively with real fruit. Swing by Urban Artifacts, Northside Tap Room. Mention Bearcat Journal. Get $2 off a flight of four tasters.
0: Boom. That about do it, and, guys. And Danco, as always. That about do it. So, big thank you to Urban Artifacts. Huge thank you to Danco Transmission, of course. This seems a good one, guys. Hopefully a week filled with fun. Fantastic Bearcat fantasies and everything else that comes with it. Football practice throughout the week. Baseball still going to be popping, and as always, that portal is a bumping. So stay tuned, stay locked in. Bearcat Journal has it all for you yet again. Another Thanks broadcast. to everybody tuning in. We had yeah. a
2: great crowd tonight. The crowd tonight was awesome. Appreciate yes. you guys.
0: Thanks a bunch for everything, guys. And as always, from my broadcast buddies, good pals, good friends. Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel, I am Brent Young, this was the BBP, presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!